look at this, man. Hey, Dong. welcome, my friends, <laughs> to uh, <laughs> Batman Beyond, the final Batman Beyond of 2022, this wretched year. I'm Kevin Smith. And I am Mark Bernard. Hey. Oh. Uh, welcome, kids. This is where it all comes to an end. <laughs> this is it. This is the moment you've been waiting for. You're like, I want this to stop. It's about to stop. You're about to get what you wanted all year long. You were like, when will it end? Not to end. Sayonara, freaks. End is nigh. Uh, I hope everyone had a wonderful Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, um, whatever you celebrate, man. What about those who worship the devil? What did they do? Some pagan ritual? Good for you cats, too. The same Everybody. thing they do every day, Kevin. Try to take over the world. <laughs> Hopefully, something jolly. Um, how were your holidays, Mark? Uh, mine were mine were good. I avoided uh, what sounded like travel op travel apocalypse twenty twenty two. Even though I was on a plane on Christmas Day, um, I had taken my son to Minneapolis. He is a big Minnesota Vikings fan, so we went for his Christmas present to go see a Minnesota Vikings home football game in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where it was negative five degrees for most of the time. Ooh. Yeah. That's a, that's a father's love right there. That it's, that's a stiff. What I, what, what I know of you, I'm not going to say, I know you like I know myself, but in all the time we've known each other, you've never mentioned sports ball once. So I can't imagine <laughs> That you were sitting there like, go sports ball. Um, well, given that I know you as well as I know you, mentioning sports ball would get me no purchase. They're <laughs> <laughs> blankly blinking like, are you a sports ball enthusiast of some sort? Uh, I am a sports ball enthusiast. Uh, Do you a have a secret life? Do you have a layer that I don't know about that you don't share with me because you don't think I can handle it? Well, when when we're looking to like all paint our chests and go to the football, you know, sports ball stadium. I figure I'll think Kevin's down for the chest painting. I'll call the other guys. I, don't know, I like cosplay as much as the next person. It's like death, the black racer or something like that. He's a sports character of sorts. From I would love that. Pro. That was mm -hmm. a Marvel book, wasn't it? I feel like, you know, maybe flash Gordon's as a quarterback of the New York jets is go, the closest go, go, interaction go, go. The, the, the cross the venn diagram between you know our two twin loves how um, weird that i identified more with dale arden than anybody else i went right to the cheerleader mode you really did get down match him like this yeah i think some sort of barbaric game that was awesome that's Clytus right there Clytus on board Clytus on board um <laughs> so wait how was the how was uh, the sports ball game in minnesota this the sports ball game was was wonderful. It was delightful. Um, all the more so by being with the kid. I absolutely. That's that's that was the true gift. I could not have cared who won or lost, and my team lost. But uh, it was that the boy got to have this experience, and I got to have it with him, and so that was lovely. So sweet. Um, I saw my mom. I spent it with uh, mom. Yay! Absolutely lovely uh, as well. And you, you were not impacted by the travel woes that seem to have been impacting much of the nation? I drove, like most of the year, I've spent in a car because of the uh, Clerks 3, the convenience tour. So I was kind of programmed to drive, and hmm. drive I did, and uh, 
Josh and I took a ride and it was, uh, it was long. It was yeah. made longer by the, by the, you know, everyone traveling. It occurred to me that a lot of people might try. <laughs> <laughs> there were a bunch. <clears throat> Excellent. Uh, let me show you, let me introduce you to a couple kids. Come in here, kids. Um, here at the secret stash, you run into all, uh, sorts of folks that you've, you've been intimate with in the past look at look at how they framed up so nice and they just moved into their marks as if there were marks well done kids cat and david here man uh hey happy holidays kids. Happy holidays, so uh we have been intimate with each other mm. would you like me to explain how it's very mis mm. No, no, I don't. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, I married these two good folks at Smod Castle. Oh, yay! Yeah, one of the only photos that hangs in Smod Castle that not me or mine. Uh, <laughs> but I'm in it too because I'm because I'm overseeing the wedding. So I guess it's par for the course. Um, but look at that. This this is proof right here that if, if Kevin Smith marries you, it sticks. How long have you been married, kids? 18 years. Well, yeah, technically. <laughs> I, I remarried them. Uh -huh. I, I was the original guy. No, you were the original guy. We, just been, we, were, we took a long test drive. There it is. An 18-year test drive and then got married. So Wow. At the 17-year mark. Yeah, yeah, 17 years. <laughs> so technically, oh. one year? Yeah, one year and a half. So it was like family ties and then you guys just got married? Was that what they did? The Keatons were common law married. They never actually got married married. Uh, yeah, well, Pennsylvania did away with common law. So uh, <laughs> living in sin for a long time. <laughs> yeah, man. Spoken <laughs> like a Jew, Kevin Smith enthusiast. That was a good by the jersey. Mm. Uh, let me ask you this, man. Yeah. You just really blew my mind. The Keatons weren't married on that show? No. Somebody got to fact check this. <laughs> a very special episode where they sat the kids down and like, we never officially got married. I, so I wish, I wish. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that like at some point, Alex P like discovered this and was furious because he was a bastard in some fashion. Like he was born out of wedlock. Alex I, Snow. I, I, Alex, why is that her name? No, no. like John Snow. Right. Wow, that's great, man. I was going, I was, I went into show canon where I was like, was that Meredith Baxter Bernie's character's real name or maiden name? And I was like, that? Yeah, that was way too deep. Okay. Um, but look at this. These kids, they were just happening through the stash. And here they are. As you might have guessed, we are at Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash. Say again. Uh, look at this. Uh, This is it. Come on over, kids. Thank you, David and Kev. More kids that are just rolling by the store. Tell them your story. What's your name? Come close. Come close. Get in the light. What's your name? Caitlin. And what is this? A shower? This is my baby shower. This is the baby shower? Yeah. Um, is this the first baby? First baby. Um, do you know what it's going to be? No. <laughs> do you know what the name is going to be? Yes, but I'm not saying. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Secrets. Um, look at that. Life. Like, within life. She's alive, obviously. But there's life within her, man. <laughs> And she, you're where are you going? Like, you must be doing something cooler than this. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's all I wanted to do. Roll by the stash. Yeah. 
Hey, they're open at seven. <laughs> you guys are adorable. And so what? This is the that's daddy. <laughs> Baby daddy. Baby daddy. And that's family. Wow. So this is what happens at the secret stash, man. Like life within life and whatnot. Shower. People, people getting shower. married. People having babies. Like it's like a small town hospital. It's like our time. It's Thornton Wilder up in this spot. <laughs> um, what a pleasure. Let's take a picture. Uh, I'm going to take a picture. Okay. You, you have the camera. Let me move this shit out of the way. Meanwhile, vamp, Mark, vamp. <laughs> vamp. Well, oh, thanks. I, I, I almost hate to do this while Kevin's not on screen right now. But uh, so I did some Wikipedia looking up. About yeah. uh, about our friends from Family Ties, mm-hmm. and yeah, fact check. Elise Donnelly Keaton married her husband Stephen Steve. while in college at Berkeley in 1964. I knew I you don't know <laughs> shit about Family Ties. You gaslighting piece of shit. I knew you were wrong. Well, then where did I get that from? You're making your own show up, which I'll be honest with you, was a pretty fascinating show. But I knew <laughs> Head Cannon, I knew they're married in the opening credits. They're getting married. The kids are, are young, I think. But here, come on in. So this is, uh, we're going to uh, uh, give our pregnant friend here a bathrobe to go home with. Son of Bob bathrobe. Jump in here. Come on, show what it looks like. Could it have been Family Matters? I don't think so. I don't think so. Look at that, kids. If you bring your your unborn child here, Jane Son Bob Seeker says you will get a bathrobe for free. Um, Congratulations. Thank you so much. Kids, such a pleasure. Oh. Don't charge her for that. I'm trying to figure out where the fuck I that came across my like was it Gary David Goldberg, the creator who was in a common law marriage? Somehow I had wedded family ties in common law marriage. All I know is that, like, I go to Black Panther 2 and post a picture of me crying. Fucking internet melts down. You lit shit all over the legacy of family. <laughs> by making these two hippies, like, total whores who never got married to, to the show. And so I will gallivant for the rest of my life on the internet unscathed. <laughs> just not fair. Um Hey, man, so we are at Jane Son Bob Secret Stash, as you can see. And, um, of course, that means Kev's comics. Look at all those comics. Uh, Masquerade and Quick Stops. Quick Stops number three comes out this week. Can I show you some covers, Mark? Please do. Okay. Uh, so this cover here is by uh, my good buddy, Eric Fluger. Look at that. It's an Elias-oriented issue. His work is so intricate. He's been featured on Hollywood Babylon a lot in the past. But look at that Elias as a transformer, man. And movie is Jesus, and there's crypto up there. Fucking cover is a work of art, God damn it. Um, and inside, of course, is Black and White Story, and it's a story about... Uh, I don't know. Oh, those two copies. Here. It's a story about uh, uh, Elias and pillow pants and stuff. Really good. Hmm. Uh, the other cover, and this cover is astounding as well, man. Two, like two incredibly intricate covers. This is by Mark Gagne. I believe he said this was his first cover. 
it's this cover like it looks like this and it's a series of little boxes but those little boxes literally it's the entire story of clerks 2 frame by frame it tells the whole movie story it's fucking fascinating it's such a great piece man and then the secret stash ex exclusive cover drawn by comic book men's own Walt Flanagan, man, my boy Walt Flanagan, uh, since this issue is about pillow pants, the pussy troll, he drew what pillow pants would look like. So this is the Secret Stash exclusive cover of Quick Stops number three, man. Impressive. Look at pillow. Oh, pants. there look it how, is. Look at how adorable that is. That's something. Uh, Quick Stops number three comes out this week, I, I believe. <laughs> hey, Matt is is next week. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, man. Uh, January fourth. So the you know new year begins. Quick stop number three is out. However, here at the Secret Stash, we got it. Masquerade <gasps> comes out next week. Is, are you serious? So the kids, there's Matt and Sarah. The kids just told kids. Yeah, you're tiny in the back. Kids just told me that we got a double drop on January 4th. I mean, this is ostensibly a show about comics. So let me talk about comics for, for a minute in a comic book store. We have huh. a double drop secret stash press. So quick stops number three and masquerade four comes out. That's a big Good day. day. Good day to be a fan of Kevin Smith's comics. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you haven't checked them out. Get your hands. Out. Hey, congrats, kids. Um, If you haven't checked them out, get your hands on them. Get your hands on them. I dare you. Uh, Banff man, let's hear about your holidays. You got a baby, and Christmas is Banff. all about baby. How uh, was, uh how, how was your Christmas? It was awesome. Uh, she doesn't quite get everything, but she knows that she really likes opening presents. We got her a little trampoline, <laughs> she was really into that, and a little play kitchen. She's re she's still really into that. And part of the gift. Part of the gift was for you to dress up like MCU's Quicksilver. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you look like in your little box. I was like, oh, Quicksilver's here, man. <laughs> this was, uh, I think Jen's trying to add color into my life. This was a Christmas gift. She's trying to, she's sure. trying to make you a thing. Tell her to stop trying to make Banff Man happen. <laughs> fetch, baby, fetch. Remember that moment in WandaVision when she was like, uh, you know, she mentioned Ultron and she's like, he killed your brother, didn't he? <laughs> or didn't Ultron kill your brother? And she was like, what did you say? Oh, that was, was that this year or last year? I think it was last year. Was WandaVision last year? Check it out, man. man. Uh, WandaVision was 2021. Well, we ain't here to talk about 2021, kids. 2022 about to go into books. We're here to talk about that before we say a damn thing about it. We got to uh, pay our bills, man. And the good folks uh, at Native, Native de Deodorant, NativeDEO.com, and they are responsible for tonight's episode. Love or hate tonight's episode, don't blame me or Mark. Blame the good folks. <laughs> <laughs> native deodorant man smell and feel fresh all day long with native get 20 percent off your first order by going to native deo.com slash fat man or simply use the promo code fat man at checkout that's native deo 
D-E-O.com slash Fatman or use the promo code Fatman at checkout for 20% off your first order. We love Native. This is the last ad we're ever going to do in 2022. This is it. I ain't yep. doing another ad this year. I'm done. So <laughs> you can't get another ad out of me this year. I won't do it. So this is it. This is the final ad of 2022. And, and let me tell you something. These Native folks, they've stuck by us relentlessly. Uh, it, it, every time we're doing a show, their name pops up, man, like a wonderful sponsor. I reward them by literally buying native in the real world. I don't wait for them to send me the free stuff like Mark. I go out <laughs> and I, I spend my ad dollars on native product in the wild, man, because I want to smell fresh. When it comes to personal hygiene, who has time to read that long list of ingredients on the back of the bottle? Not me. I'm doing shows. Some ingredients I can't even pronounce. If you're like me and you care about what goes on your body, then it's time to try native personal care products like I did. But every native product is thoroughly formulated to keep you feeling and smelling fresh all day long. You know native for their aluminum-free deodorant, man. Native keeps their ingredients list bare naked. The ingredients you understand like coconut oil, shea butter, and baking soda, man. Native deodorant checks a lot of boxes, a 72-hour Odor protection, naturally derived ingredients, and smooth residue-free application. Native also offers a variety of scents with new and limited edition scents being released all the time. Take it away, Mark. When you use Native, you will smell amazing all day long thanks to their long-lasting scents. Want to smell spicy and woodsy or clean and fresh? Native has a scent, op a scent option for everyone. Warm cider and cinnamon sounds wonderful. Cashmere and rain, oh yes, please. Toasted marshmallow and vanilla, wildwood and cardamom. Come on now. So now's the time to make the switch from an antiperspirant to native. And when you visit their site, you can discover all their fresh scents and maybe even try one out on their Bye. body washes while you're at it. So smell and, f smell and feel fresh all day long with native. Get 20% off your first order by going to nativedeo.com slash fatman or use promo code fatman at checkout. That's nativedeo.com slash fatman. Use promo code FATMAN at checkout for 20% off your first order. Thank you to the good folks at NativeDEO.com. We love Native. Native seems to like us, at least. Um, you think DEO stands for Department of Extraordinary Odors? Yes. I think it's exact. And if it doesn't, it does now. <laughs> I'm a DEO agent. Brett, Mr. Brett Kahn. Did you, you watch Rick and Morty? Uh, I am starting for the first time. It's amazing. The show is flat out brilliant. But they did an episode uh, in the last cycle, the first episode of the last cycle that just went up, that it's a like a kind of follow-up to an episode they did last season that is every writer's, like, dream because it's just filled with writing jokes. It's all about, it's all about story. Mm. Uh, it, it's so, so damn good. Um, I'll wait till you get there. I mean, you could jump out of order. It don't matter, but you will absolutely adore it. Yeah. At like one point, they're running past something that says trials. And they're looking for somebody. And he's like, and Morty's like, did he go that way? And Rick's like, no, if he goes that way, he becomes a hero. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so damn good. Um, how are you? What have you seen? Anything? Did you see Babylon yet? I have not seen Babylon yet. I, uh, I, 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 we might watch it tonight because I don't know if you know this or not, Mark. Mm -hmm. I own a movie theater, uh, <laughs> so uh, we're gonna uh, watch it tonight at uh, Smod Castle 
cinemas. That's tonight, because tomorrow night we're doing an evening, a New Year's evening with mm-hmm. Kevin. Uh, which uh, I, I wanted to, you know, normally when we do Babylon uh, improv's like a 200 seater. And so I was like, man, if, if we can get to like 150, because we don't have a bar, you know what mm. I'm saying? We don't bar to go to the improv guy bar so you can get drunk and listen to me. I'm way Not yet. <laughs> yes. I, that sounded ominous. Quicksilver dashed in here. Said something <laughs> ominous and dashed out. Look out for Ultron. Um so it, it's uh we we hit rang the bell hit two hundred we're at I think two hundred and three right now our uh, you know our like absolute sellout for the room is like two twenty or something so I was hoping to hit two hundred and, and we did I'm very very delighted so we'll be doing the show tomorrow now if you want to join us folks there's still a few tickets left go to smodcastlecinemas.com watch a New Year's evening with Kevin Smith JC. Hmm information up there before um nice. so i'm gonna watch babylon tonight i, I you know I'm, I, and i've got i understand it was a hot topic on twitter the other day um i saw margot robbie roby mm-hmm. uh trending and then when i see somebody trending I'm, I'm always like did they pass away and she's very much alive but she was being roasted alive by some of twitter for like you know that movie not doing well and i'm like how is that her fault <laughs> she might direct this um but i look forward to seeing it man it sounds sounds big and expensive and long yeah i i had but so many three-hour movies in me and i'm avatar. like well what, that took it out of you avatar took it out of me you know i watched uh i watched wakanda forever again and that clock's in like 245 i'm like i think i need what's a good 90 minute movie you know what is Clerks Three? It's a good ninety-minute movie. You damn Skippy! Damn, part <laughs> of the whole joke. One of the jokes in the movie is Randall's like, uh, "Who is Elias?" Goes, "What's the movie going to be about?" And Randall says, eh, "It's be about ninety minutes." I hate long movies, and I just <laughs> tried so fucking hard to get the movie to a ninety-minute cut, and and it would have hurt it to do so. So I think I wound up at like 93, 95 before credits. But I was desperately trying to get it to ninety for that reason alone, just to <laughs> to somebody be like, "Oh my God, Randall, he was right. He's found ninety. He did it." I'm curious about Babylon. Uh, not not sure when I'm going to get to it, but I'll get to it. It's playing downstairs. I pop my head. Uh, no, I'm not down. I'm not at the theater now. I'm at the secret set. I own many businesses in New Jersey, Mark. I don't know if you know that or not. Uh, and sometimes I don't know where I am. But when I'm there, I say downstairs. Uh, I was there earlier, and I popped my head in. And there was like three people watching it. Puss in Boots is the real winner, man. I've Holy heard shit. Puss in Boots is actually incredible. I don't doubt it, man. Our boy Brian Lynch has worked on a bunch of them, so it may have been like part his script or something like that, but they work hard over at that, uh, what's that place called? Illumination. Yeah. Is it Illumination or is that DreamWorks? Mm, I think that's Illumination. I don't know. I I, I don't want to go out and say more wrong shit. Yeah, don't be family tying this. Puss in Boots, is uh, he's from Shrek, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's a DreamWorks animation thing. Gotcha. I guess. Yeah, I'm going uh, to stop saying shit. We're, yeah, we're getting lost. Yeah, man, we are ruining our credibility. Pop <laughs> culture commentator, pop culturist, Mark Bernard. Bam. Um, 
can I derail this conversation for a second? Did it have rails to begin with? Hold on. (laughs) When I was setting up the show, you're always like, oh, I, I went downstairs and I watched this on my movie screen. As I was setting up the show, and I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask this in a way that you won't get in trouble. Do you ever think about putting porn on the movie theater screen? Have you ever been like, wow, that would be, that would be a giant, giant, like larger than life porn. That's a big ass. (laughs) Not only have I thought about putting it up on the screen, I thought about, can I sell tickets to it? (laughs) Because as an exhibitor, that's all I'm thinking. And if we're selling tickets to porn, can we sell popcorn? Does the porn audience buy candy? (laughs) That's the lifeblood of the theater. But in that instance, if I was going to run porn, I'd sell tissues. According to the, uh, the movie Taxi Driver, which I did watch last night. They do, in fact, sell popcorn and candy in movie theaters in Times Square in the 1970s. So if you're apt to recreate the authentic um, porn smut house experience, you would sell the shittiest popcorn you could find. And we got it. We got you. No, people love our popcorn. Um, they bitch about our some of our seats, but they love our popcorn because it's fresh pop. And our popcorn machine broke. And, you know, the uh, I'm always like, well, buy a new one. And Ernie's like, They're, what are you fucking nuts? Like, they don't sell them around the block and it's going to take a while to get it. And let me try to fix it. And he fixed it, man. He fucking, that was, it's Ernie, Ernie, Ernie O'Donnell runs Smog Castle, like literally runs it like, like fucking Schneider on one day at a time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but he's also co ownership, but like he puts in so much fucking time. It's one thing for him to like make sure like doors are open on time, people get paid, blah, blah, blah. To fix the fucking popcorn machine, you don't even have those skills. Now he's got a whole new set of skills. <laughs> I mean, I bet uh, you if you if you wanted to, you could probably get some vintage print of like Deep Throat or Behind the Green Door or some shit. And like then it becomes or or you just play it off a laptop, bro. We're all digital there, man. I got me one of the most expensive uh, projectors coming in, man. A Barco uh, comes in like before, I guess, maybe a couple months into the next year. man. like laser projection, high end and whatnot. So all Ooh. we have to do is jack in Pornhub and project it writ large. <laughs> and just go through categories, man. Find one that like, you know, we could probably find one of those categories where they have depictions of us and sexual activities and shit. Nobody has that for me, but Jay and Simon <laughs> Bob, I'm sure. You'd be surprised. There probably there's guy. Look, we live in the age of the AI art generator. So while we're doing the show, somebody go over and say Mark Bernard and Kevin Smith porn, and no. see what the computer draws. <laughs> don't do that, please don't. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I believe there are chubby black dudes on the fucking internet having sex. That would not surprise me, but I don't think it's. Me, I think it's chubby black dude. I'm just flattered that you finally referred to me as a chubby black dude. I've been waiting for it <laughs> so long. Finally, your Christmas wish has come true. <laughs> yes, god damn it, it must be the holiday. Now go buy that boy a nice fat goose. <laughs> Whip and change at kids. Um, what do we uh, we got some news? We have a tiny bit of news, we got two news items, uh, and then we have. Um, the hotly anticipated, um, not nearly enough debated, 
but my uh, shit that I loved in 2022 list. I have some honorable mentions and I have a top 10 list. Ooh, I like that, man. Uh, I did not prepare one of those, but I am prepared to co-sign the ones on yours that I like. And anything I feel it's missing, I will point out later. Excellent. Oh my God, we both took drinks at the same time and the show went dead. <laughs> the audience yeah. is like, you fucking rubes. Yeah, it's like, how long have we been doing this? 10 years? Should we figure this out? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you want to do the news first and then close with the list? Yeah, let's do the news. What news? Wither the news, Mark. Wither the news. Again, it was a, it's a slow week between uh, Christmas and New Year's. The town is historically uh, shut down. By the time, honestly, Hollywood kind of, you know, sign, puts up the, the closed sign after Thanksgiving. But it is absolutely closed for this week. But there's an interview in the New York Times in which um, writer-director Ryan Coogler explained what the Black Panther 2 story was going to be before Chadwick Boseman died. I saw this story uh, the other day, but I didn't click on it because something was going on. And I was like, ooh, I, I want to get back to that. So I'm delighted to hear this story. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, Ryan Coogler and Joe Robert Cole, who co-wrote both of those films, um, again, talked to the New York Times uh, last week, Friday, and explained how the blip, the event between Avengers Infinity War and Endgame, that sort of five-year period, which wiped out half of every living thing across space, would have played a key role in, the, in, in Black Panther 2. Um, the superhero and leader of one of the world's most powerful nations was among those who disappeared. And the challenge was um, what it would mean for him, especially after he had lost his own father in the first film. That was the challenge, said Kugler. It was absolutely nothing like what we made. It was going to be a father-son story from the, from the perspective of a father, because the first movie had been a father-son story from the perspective of the sons. So we learned about T'Challa's son, Toussaint, uh, again, spoilers for BP2 in case you haven't seen it, but we do learn that that in that five-year period, um, in the span between Black Panther 1 and Black Panther 2, T'Challa and Nakia had had a son um, named Toussaint. Um, but Coogler says that audiences would have been introduced to him way earlier, with the film relying on some animation to help fill in the narrative gaps. The first scene was an animated sequence. You hear Nakia talking to Toussaint. She says, tell me what you know about your father. You realize that he doesn't know his dad was the Black Panther. He'd never met him. And the key is remarried to a Haitian dude, Kugler explains. Then we cut to reality. And it's the night that everybody comes back from the blip. And so you see T'Challa meet his kid for the first time. Um, we had some crazy scenes in there for Chad. Our code name for the movie was Summer Break. And the movie was about a, summer, was about a summer that the kid spends with his dad. For his eighth birthday, they do a ritual where they go into the bush and have to live off the land. But something happens, and T'Challa has to go save the world with his son on his hip. That was the movie. Um, I think, uh, according to him, Namor was always the antagonist. Um, the tone was going to be similar. T'Challa was going to be grieving the loss of time. So coming back after being gone for five years, as a man with so much responsibility to so many, coming back after a forced five years absence, that's what the film was tackling. He was grieving the time he couldn't get back. Grief was always a big part of what the Black Panther sequel was going to be. Um, and that sounds kind of lovely and like fun in a, in a weird sort of way. Well, very, very lone wolf and cub, no? I mean, a little lone wolf and cubby, but I mean, he's an older kid. I mean, if he's going to be like eight or nine, it's, it's a bit more, you know, go and have a catch with dad and then catch being interrupted by having to save the world and then discovering that your dad is a superhero and what that really means. 
Um, but if summer break was the code word, it's like, oh, that actually sounds kind of fun right? in a weird way. Even if it is about, you know, the, the sadness of having missed the first five years of that kid's life. Um, I don't know. It's an interesting peel, peel back into what might have been, which we almost never get. True. Yeah. I mean, we certainly wouldn't get that from Kevin Feige. No. It's no. got to come from one of the storytellers. Absolutely. Um, which apparently it did. Um, oh God, screw this. And chat said, uh, JC, I generated the AI pick of Kevin Mark romance that they asked for. Just tweeted it to you. Oh no. So go find it. JC. We've got to see what that looks like. God bless us. Everyone. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> Christmas, a post Christmas miracle. Oh geez. Uh, and our second news item is not a particularly big one, but it is that avatar two, has officially crossed the 1 billion mark worldwide. Yeah. Um, it has been... That's, and it did it, what, faster than any other movie in history? Or something? It did it 14 days of worldwide release. Um, Way of Water now has bragging rights to being the fastest to 1 billion since Spider-Man No Way Home and the fastest to the mark in 2022. Uh, it has also become the only the sixth film ever to cross a billion in its first two weeks of release and the fourth Disney release to do so. Um, so a bunch of accolades, even if they are somewhat like it's the, the fastest to do it in 2022, it's the fastest to a billion since Spider-Man three. Um, nevertheless, a billion dollars is nothing to fucking sneeze at. So congrats to all parties concerned. And, you know, remember just not like 10, 10 days ago, we were seeing lots of like, you know, can it possibly make its money back articles? And now he's at a billion. He's what? 0.5 away. Yeah, I think, think 1.5 is his break even. I'm sure somebody will. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I was one of those people who was like, I think it'll do it, but I think it'll take a while. Um, because if following the same patterns as the first avatar, that that was just in the top 10 for like three or four months. And so it it. it wow. ooh, it crossed that mark, but it took some time to do. I was Here wrong. Going back to the island. Guy from Long Island brought his two kids. No, oh, bye, Long Island. Bam. What up, kids? Okay, oh, bam, bam. I I have it. Do we want to see it? It's not. Uh, it? I see it. It's not pornographic. Okay. It's it's <laughs> really strange. Well, let's throw it up there. Let's see what AI thinks. <laughs> There it is. I don't. I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, all things considered, Mark's a little older, and I'm a little older. Did he say we're old? You know, and like painted by the AI that painted the Good Times poster. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! You're right. Put it back up. <laughs> I feel like my arms should be like this. Like I look like Jim Brown in that third one with the full. Why do I have a baseball hat on? <laughs> because we're in love. <laughs> we're in love. And it's I, frontward. Mine's mine's backward. It's frontwards. It, like we compliment one another. In this, in the second panel, Kevin, your hat is like a Sherlock Holmes hat. It's front and backward. <laughs> I'm so in love that I double brimmed. Ah. Uh, Going both ways for you. And the 14, I guess, is for how many years we've been in love. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Internet. 
Yes. Thank you. We're not getting hassled. We're not getting hustled. We're keeping our heads above water. Make it a wave if we can. Temporary layoff. Good times. Easy credit ripoff. Good times. Uh, there's something about a chow line. Good am, I allowed to, is it my, am, I, am I allowed to sing good times anymore? <laughs> Can you not? Is it? <laughs> we should just stop right now. Are there bylaws that I haven't seen the latest update to? Also, it's like coming in on the chorus. The chorus is generally sung like a gospel choir. And, and even that, that feels, feels very culturally appropriating on my behalf. <laughs> oh, I'll do that part. <laughs> Hold on. But to be fair, you did call me what a, a middle-aged, heavy-set black man or something. I, I did, I did. So, <laughs> part of the club. Hello, welcome aboard. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, all right. So wait, so Avatar does the billion, and it, that means if it did it in how many days? Fourteen. There's no way it don't break even now. The big question of is will it be profitable? And of course, if they're going to get to two billion. At least, right. looks like. Um, and at that point, I guess that green, you know, not like he needs to wait for a green light, but I'm sure that makes him feel better about the other one. Yeah, and you know, it's it's one of those things where it's still a movie that will be in theaters for a long time. Like, it's not really going anywhere. There's no real competition for it until February, where I think you get Ant-Man, Quantumania. Um, and so that's a clear month and a half, almost, of just open open seas. Nothing's going to compete with it. I mean, there's other stuff coming out, clearly, but nothing on that scale. True. Yeah. Didn't they also, oh. didn't he also say that he shot the third and the fourth one, like, are already in the can? Like, he shot all of them at the same time? So who really knows what the budget is? Like, he, he was like, I don't want my movie to be like the Stranger Things phenomenon where they age. So like, are mm -hmm. is Avatar three and four already like the motion capture already done on those? And doesn't that, I believe it is. So like the next ones might be cheaper because the actors have already been like. Does the budget go into I mean, the second one that way? Uh, Botrek says that most of three is shot. I mean, it's not like Botrek. I don't know that Bochek worked on it, but uh, they're all coming through now. Uh, Rob Johnson says three is done, four is shot and in post and has some filming complete. You know what I found out that I didn't fucking know about Avatar this week? Hmm. The little, if you've, you've, if you've seen it, we're not spoiling it. The, the, the little bl girl who magic blue cat who could like, you know, fucking Jedi that shit. Yeah. Sigourney Weaver. I had no idea that was Sigourney <laughs> Weaver. That was pretty astounding. I was pretty astounded by that. I was like, oh, my God. I Like, that's great. And then when I thought about it, I was like, she did kind of look like her. And so they just, and then I saw online the behind the scenes and they were shooting her and then turning her into a, a, a teenage girl blue cat. Oh, it was, yeah. guy's, he is a mad genius, man. Yeah, I love that behind-the-scenes stuff. He was like, being mad. He seems angry all the time. Yeah, like here's a collection of Sully kids. Here's kid one. Here's kid two, and they're all, they're both like teenagers or young adults. And then here's kid three, and here's a sixty-year-old woman gallivanting on leaves, like doing, doing, doing. Like it's a little, little weird, but hey, Sigourney Weaver, one of our finest actresses. No deal, McCutcheon in chat says blue don't hue. Don't even know what that means, but okay. Talking about the cats. <laughs> <laughs> Close. <laughs> um, 
it is uh yeah that was that was nuts man like who you're just setting yourself up for like all sorts of complications when you're like we're gonna let sigourney play the play the the 12 year old or whatever the teenage girl but like what an astounding feat it was it was kind of cool yeah so different from like the irishman when like young de niro is being still played by old de niro and like those guys don't move downstairs the way they used to Uh, Doc Nguyen says two billion is the break even for all of two and most of three and a small part of four. That's creative. I mean, Hollywood financials, financials and accounting is always so creative. This is incredibly creative. Right. And also like, this is an animated movie. They're all animated movies in that the live action production is the least complicated part of these movies. Most of it's shot on a volume. Most of it's shot, and it doesn't take a ton of time to shoot on the volume because you're not doing camera setups, you're not doing lighting, you're just capturing performance. But everything that happens when you're creating blue kittens and a fake blue kitten world is what takes time and money. And so just having it in the can doesn't actually really scratch the surface of how much these things cost. No. Not at all, man. Uh, indentured Explorer in chat said, just proves her range, though, about Sigourney Weaver's performance. Mm-hmm. Um, it did, because in the piece I saw, she, like, studied to get her voice. She trained to get her voice. Like, I thought, like, oh, they put her through a processor. They didn't. That's her doing a teenager's voice. And she, like, practiced and shit like that and, and like, worked on her vocals, vocalizations. Mm-hmm so that she could do the voice. I thought that was kind of, but in indenture explorer point out something I think is absolutely true. Um, staying relevant is awesome. More so for her. It's cr- like Sigourney Weaver has not gone away since the seventies, man. In every decade, she has been a movie star who's done something, some iconic work. She's just, she don't get enough credit, man. I mean, you know, every once in a while, I remember Jennifer Lawrence, like it was like, Hey man, fucking. <laughs> I'm the first action hero. <laughs> yeah. Look at that one. But, uh, and then, you know, everyone's like, Ripley, bro, Ripley. Um, it's true. And also, Foxy Brown, sis. Yes. Um, <laughs> she, Scorny Weaver's got something iconic going on. Good for her. She does. Yeah. I remember, like, she got Galaxy Quest. She got, like, Gorillas in the Mist. Everyone loves that. <laughs> working girl who doesn't love a good working girl bro she's she's just fucking astounding and working girl she's so (laughs) passive aggressive wonderful ice queen you just made me want to watch that and i got a movie theater (laughs) don't dare me yeah i'm gonna watch that harrison ford has a wonderful moment where he's like getting changed like and this is mike nichols movie right and so he's on the phone in the foreground getting changed he's got glass office walls behind him and as he's taking off his shirt like the other, the women in the office are gathering and like looking at him. He doesn't realize it. Then finally he sees them and he like poses for him. He goes like, <laughs> very adorable Harrison Ford moment. Um, the, uh, the, um, we sh- one other news item. Yes. Uh, a good friend of, uh, the show of pop culture of uh, every child's imagination and every Marvel fan would have turned a hundred this week. If Stan Lee was still with his kids, it would have been his hundredth birthday, the centennial sensational centennial for the great uh, late, great Stan Lee. 
Um, so pour one out. I'm in a comic book store, so I'm not going to pour one out on these comics. That makes no fucking sense. But, ooh, what's this? Look at this. Did he? Oh. Stan with the Batmobile. It's like when you get one of those off-brand Superman figures and it says Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and you buy it in the store. <laughs> uh, these two things generally don't go together. Yeah, man, good old Stan. Um, it was uh, a, a privilege and an honor to have uh, even met the guy, let alone to have spent real time with him. And, uh, you know, it's, it's weird to know living history like that like a lot of people know him from like the movies and shit and at the end of the day i'm like i knew that guy like actually very well uh so happy uh birthday stan belated birthday what do you do what do you or what do you call a birthday when the person that's still a birthday right even if they're dead still the day they were born it still is and keep on going we're not aging anymore but he is ageless anyway I remember when I told this story before, but when they gave, he came to us on Mallrats, Jim Jacks was like, he's 75. He could go at any minute. So be careful with him. He lived for like another 22 years or whatever the fuck. And he <laughs> outlived poor Jim Jacks for heaven's sake. So you couldn't stop Stanley. Well, somebody did time eventually. He was relentless, man. He is the perfect commercial for living in California. <laughs> really was man he's an east coaster who went to california and he stayed younger than hell even when he was 96 years old he didn't look 96 years old that's that california living kids indeed or paid for by the great state of california (laughs) (laughs) we thank california for sponsoring this podcast (laughs) just like native (laughs) fans of the show um all right we're done with the news man done with the news um, I, I have compiled a list that I'm calling the shit that I loved in 2022 list. It has both movies and TV on it. It is in no way comprehensive because there, there is stuff that I just haven't seen yet. Um, but here's the stuff that I can confidently stand behind and say, I love the shit out of this. Um, I have five honorable mentions and 10 things on the list. Where do you want to start? Number one. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, let's not start. We'll build. We'll build up to anticipation. Uh, your list, I'll let you go where you want to go. All right. Let's do some honorable mentions. I think there's a couple of these that you will appreciate and a couple of these that you have not seen at all. But uh, first honorable mention, Reacher. Oh, oh, I just, I, is the store closed? Anybody here? Just you guys? I come to watching that fucking show. <laughs> I wanted to make sure no kids were in here. It is a comic book store. Oh, my God. I remember when Mark was like, you should watch Reacher. And I'm like, what? And it was the, honestly the greatest gift that anyone has given me shy of Jennifer giving me Harley. It's Mark giving me <laughs> Reacher. I'm not even talking about clerks giving me a career. Fuck all that noise. Look what I did with it. Nothing. Uh, Mark giving me Reacher gave me so much happiness. I... I I had such a great time watching it. And then I read some story recently about the head of Amazon saw season two. And he's like, it's incredible. It's like Reacher goes to New York or some such shit. Like Muppets take panic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved Reacher, man. What's that dude's name? Alan? Alan Richson. Oh, cast him as everything. There's your fucking next Batman. Jesus Christ. But why bother? It'd be redundant to have him play Batman and to put a mask on and be silly because he's kicking ass and fucking killing people and, and, and fucking meeting justice with his <laughs> bare fucking hands without wearing a mask. So 
I love Reacher. Love it. You say something about it. <laughs> I don't know what more there is to say about it beyond <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's the Punisher meets Batman show that you've always kind of wanted. Um, I do love that every town he goes into, this giant mountain of a man can find clothes off the rack. Like, I'm going to go into the thrift store and buy the biggest pair of jeans you have. Um, but no, it's just, it's fun. It's exploitation. It's, it's all the things you kind of want um, popcorn, brutal popcorn entertainment to be. And just well-made, man. And those, like, I'm, it actually made me go like, maybe I want to read those books. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I won't. But no, maybe I, I won't. I won't, but in another world. <laughs> if I was a dude who lied on a beach, uh, maybe. Alas, no. Uh, number two on the honorable mentions list, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. You watched it? I watched all of it. I and watched you, all of it. And you legit liked it? I legit liked it. Um, I had one slot on this list for like shiny fantasy thing. And, uh, and I, I had more fun watching this than I did House of the Dragon. Um, and it's, it's I, I, I can't even say that it's, like, amazing, but I think that it just does the things that I kind of wanted it to do. Um, I, we'll, we'll go back to that, but we'll mm. just tag up on Reacher. Sinful Hands in chat had a pitch for a Reacher sequel mm -hmm. uh, where he travels the globe, and it's called Reacher Around the World. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad at all. Not bad um, at all. So that rings thing, I, I've obviously, uh, you know, you saw Clerks <laughs> too. You know my feelings on those rings, but uh, I didn't. I didn't dive in at all. But you were satisfied as a longtime Tolkien uh, fan. As a, as your as your as your Tolkien Tolkien Negro, um, I am indeed. <laughs> wow, bro! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I was a, I'm a fan of the movies. I love the books. Um, and this just did the thing I wanted to do, which was bring me back into that world, um, and then show me the expanse of it, and take me on an adventure, and show me new characters and old characters, and and yeah, I mean it's again not great. There's one great reveal in it that I actually really really loved, but it's like meh. The rest of it just enough to be an honorable mention, but uh, but I did have more fun watching it than I did the other one. You know what? Quit your day job because they love you as a comedy writer. They loved your Tolkien joke. <laughs> uh, I'm done, everybody. Take care. Yeah, drop the mic and go to fuck home. You did it. Um, number three on my album mentions list was uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Um, I think for all of the reasons that we've talked about in the past uh, on this podcast, I think it's when it is engaging with grief when it's engaging with the loss of both T'Challa and, and Chadwick, I think it's remarkable. I think it's, it's so deeply felt and it's so deeply earned. Um, I think Namor, um, as played by Tena Huerta, is fantastic. I think he's a great antagonist. I don't think he's a villain, but I think he's a good antagonist. I just think that, that what kept it from being on my top 10 list was there was just parts of the movie that did not engage me emotionally, really. I think that there's the, the Riri Williams stuff didn't quite work for me. Um, I saw a commercial, a Riri only Ironheart commercial when I was in Target. Really? Yeah, like a whole little adventure. You know, it was a commercial, but ultimately I was like, oh, wow. And I, well, I've, this actor looks familiar, and it was, it was yeah. Ironheart. Um, I mean, it, Ironheart. Did you also see in the news this week that, like, uh, there was a, a 
site that purported to have an early look at Mephisto, um, you know, uh, Borat playing mm. Mephisto. And they're saying that Mephisto is going to be an Ironheart. I mean, there's a Ironheart show that's coming. Um, I'm saying like that, but did you ever put weird. Those two characters together, Mephisto and Ironheart? Not at all. Wouldn't would never have picked that out of the. So it's just of any Marvel thing that had Mephisto's debut, would you have ever in a million years been like, oh yeah, Ironheart? Yeah, that's that's odd. It's but uh, but yeah, like that is the first time in a in a Black Panther movie that it felt like it had to tee up a thing for another Marvel thing. You know, like every the, the first Black Panther movie was this perfect on its own island that did not have to really connect with the rest of the MCU. It did gently if you needed it to, but it was about Black Panther. It was about T'Challa. It was about that world in Wakanda. And the Riri Williams of it all just did feel very much like the big hand of Marvel saying, you have to set this character up so we know who she is for the TV show that's coming next year. Um, less than she's an integral part of this drama that's unfolding. Um, and so it just it kind of bumped me and rubbed me a bit the wrong way. Um, and as 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 good as the design and some of the effects were, it's hard to have an underwater kingdom look as remarkable as Avatars did. It, it suffers for comparison um, to the Way of Water, which is the next thing on my honorable mentions list: is Avatar: The Way of Water. Um, uh, a lot of people pointing out in chat, Mephisto is there because the villain is the Hood in Ironheart. Right. Okay. Uh, not only were they saying it, some people were like, you're in a comic book store. Go fucking read a comic book, you jerk. I'm like, all right, fair enough. Simmer down. I guess I'll read them all. <laughs> uh, don't forget, kids, not only am I in a comic book store, but on January 4th, which is in a few short days, oh, Quick Stops number three and Masquerade number four drops, man. A double dose from Secret Stash Press. Uh, back to you. Look at, look yes. at this. this fucking Walt Flanagan cover, though. Pillow pants, the pussy troll. Look at him. Look how adorable that is. <laughs> okay, so Avatar's next on your list. Avatar's next on the list. Um, I think it's it's a remarkable achievement in making shit look amazing. Um, I think the 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 story is much like in the first one, a little bit shallow. Um, it's it's in the shallow end of the pool, but. You know, when James Cameron does the things that James Cameron is great at, which is staging action, which is conjuring the impossible, which is ratcheting tension, it's still pretty phenomenal. Um, it is too long, um, you know, and I think we when we talked about the movie, we talked about, hey, you could probably pull a good 40 minutes out of this movie and not really suffer for its loss. And after seeing it twice, I do believe that to be true. Um but it's still, I mean, if you see that movie in IMAX 3D, it is it is a remarkable sit um, in the movies. And so I think it earns its place in an honorable mention. I co-sign it. Like, you know, it's it's an achievement. Like, you can't, even if you're like, come on, man, this is Pocahontas or Fern Gully with Smurfs. Uh, that's what Josh Rausch says all the time. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, like, this this guy literally forced the medium to grow again because he wanted to see his blue cats get wet so <laughs> it's like you know there'll be some cool effects in some movie that you care deeply about down the road because jim cameron you know laid the track right with avatar way of water so mm-hmm. you know, and, and why it was it was like they could have chopped a bunch out but it's vastly entertaining 
entertaining movie. Indeed. It was an entertaining movie. It was the movie was vast. There was so much, <laughs> a lot of money, and he's clearly an absolute fucking genius. But uh, yeah, that definitely deserves to be on the list. Uh, and my number five honorable mention is the Woman King. Did we talk about the Woman King at all? We a little bit, but you were a big fan. Um, I was a big fan. I was a big fan. I think I might have. It might have been on a Black Man Beyond while you were still on tour that I mentioned having to go see it or having gone seen it, not having to go see it. Um, but I quite liked it. I did. I mean, I think the the direction by Gina Prince Blythewood is is flawless. Um, she is still operating at the top of her game. I think Viola Davis is doing fucking Viola Davis shit, which means she's one of the best actresses working. And I think the story, while a a rewrite of the historical accuracy of who those female warriors were, the Agoje, in, uh, in, in that particular region of Africa, I think it still, it, it follows enough of the beats. I mean, it's, it follows a kind of brave hearty feel and it just happens to be set with a bunch of black women. Um, and so I think that, that the performances are great. The action is great. The, the location is interesting. Um, and it's a story, it's a story that feels familiar about people you've never seen in a story like this. Um, so I dug it. I dug it. Worth a watch if you haven't seen it. Okay, I haven't seen it yet, so I'll give it a watch. Um, and that is the end of my honorable mentions list, my that friend. Is the honorable mentions. So what's next? Next is number ten on the list Top of shit that I love. Actual, Top ten. List. <clears throat> right, here you go, kids. This is ten things that Mr. Mark Bernard loved in 2022. Indeed. Number one and, is his wife. Number two is his children. And then <laughs> eight things. And then, and then three was like podcasting. And then number four was, you know, cheeseburgers. And then six things. Um, now, number 10 is Star Trek Strange New Worlds, um, which if you're a Star Trek fan, and by Star Trek fan, I mean a classic kind of OG people in a spaceship jetting from planet to planet, solving a dilemma of the week um, while being upright citizens of the Federation, then this is the Star Trek that you've been waiting for. Because while I do like Discovery, while I do like Picard for obvious reasons, um, this is this is classic Star Trek, uh, featuring the classic Star Trek captain of Captain Pike. Um, you know, and you get Uhura, and you get Spock, and I'm sure that Scotty's going to show up at some point. There's going to be a Bones, like they're basically giving you the prequel to the classic Star Trek show from the 60s. And it just feels fun and it feels light and everybody's having a good time and more to the point, it feels like Star Trek. And so I'm, uh, I was pleasantly surprised because I thought that I was a little bit, um, weary of Star Trek, um, having been both a viewer for 40 years and a enlistee of Starfleet for one. Um, but, uh, but I think it's great. Nice. Number 10. There it is, kids. Number Star 10, there it is. Star Trek's Mark's, still, Mark's still there for it, man. Boldly going where many, no, no many have gone. <laughs> uh, number nine on the list, Peacemaker. Peacemaker was a this year's show. It's crazy. It feels so long ago. God, the opening, like, fucking credits alone made that thing a thing of joy. But one of my favorite things I saw, I guess, in 2022 was um john cena and his fucking underwear dancing around to house of pain this is like an incredibly sad montage of his childhood and stuff showing you like where he came from it was, 
after I saw that, I texted Mr. Gunn was like, fuck, you're one of the best of us, man. If not the best, it was like, that's some beautiful shit right there. Yeah. I mean, I think that it, it, that was just a touching moment. The rest of it is just like fun and funny and just everything you always wanted. Like fucking when I was reading comics as a kid, like, Oh, wouldn't it be great if they cursed? And now they do. And now they do, you know, and it was also, you know, the thing that surprised me, although I'm not sure if I should have been surprised or not, but how directly it ran at sort of nationalism and white supremacy and, and all of that. Um, did not expect it in, in Peacemaker, um, but it 100% made sense as to who made that person the way he is. How does he grow up to be the Peacemaker? What are the, what are the building blocks to that particular puzzle? And once you meet his dad, you kind of begin to understand it. Um, and it, it I, I would have put the boys on this list as well. I was trying to keep this to new shit that I saw this year. But it, it was a one-two punch with the boys season three in terms of dealing very much with the now in a way that uh, that was insightful and unsparing um, about just talking openly and honestly, I think, about the world we currently live in. So, yes, Peacemaker. Love it. <clears throat> Can't wait for more. But, yeah, James did something special with that show. Yeah. So special that DC was like, come fucking run everything. <laughs> Here's the keys. Yeah, fuck, <laughs> do more of that, but like, you know, with Superman and shit. <laughs> um, number eight, Top Gun Maverick, um, which I don't remember if you saw, or if you saw, you were like, that's fine. I did see it. And, you know, I was like, it's well made and stuff, but, you know, I, and he was, you know, Tom Cruise, he cruised. <laughs> but ultimately like i was never a big top gun guy when i was a kid i saw it once i i only have ever seen top gun rank. <clears throat> uh, top gun two once and that's it so I, I i get it like i'm not like why this bullshit like i totally get it but it's just not i was never really invested in maverick and stuff so like you know, I'm happy for Tom Cruise. He seemed to be having a good time and made a lot of money for Paramount, like which offset whatever happened with uh, Babylon. Mm. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, and again, I'm not shitting on it. I'm just not a big Top Gun guy. But yeah, you, you like it quite a bit. I did like it quite a bit. I mean, it's, it is Tom Cruise doing that, which only at this point a handful of people can do, which is just be a fucking movie star. Um, and it also does the thing that that I think people are beginning to lean deeper into, which is exploiting the baggage and the connection that we have with vintage legacy media, which is there's nostalgia for Top Gun. There's there's a real people have I'm not going to say formed their identities around it, but it was a part of their childhood. And so to re-engage with it and to advance it and to find new wrinkles in it while delivering, you know, just a very, very expertly done action movie. Um yeah, I just, I very much dug it. It was one of my favorite times in the theater. Going like, holy shit, did they just make a Top Gun movie that I cared about? Like, a lot? Huh. Didn't expect that to happen. <clears throat> but it did. He, to be fair, he did. He'd been mm-hmm. talking about it for a while, and they were smart to hold it for as long as they did. Yeah. They were rewarded, man. A lot of people were, like, pulling, you know, the switch and going, like, oh, put it on streaming. Do this. Do this. And and. They Paramount and Tom Cruise were like, no, we're going to wait until the movie theater is better again and then release it. And they knew what they had. Imagine what it would have made pre-pandemic. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost hard to say because it, it was greeted, I think, a bit as like the returning champion of the, this was the reward for having sat through a pandemic for two and a half years. There was an embracing of it as like water in the desert where it might not have quite met with that if it was just business as usual. I, it's hard to tell, but either way, bravo, everybody who made a Top Gun Maverick. Uh, Russell Cook in chat said, I hated Top Gun 1, but Top Gun 2 fucking rips. That's, you can't ask for a better review than that. No. I mean, especially if you like Star Wars. Yeah, legit like I didn't I didn't care for the first one, but I fucking love this fucking Yeah. Um and at number in at number seven is Prey. The sequel oh, that was prequel wonderful. Yeah. to uh, to Predator. Um, which I, I was lucky enough to see on the big screen. I, 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 we were lucky enough to be invited to the premiere of it. And I just found it phenomenal. Like the direction was incredibly smart, incredibly tight. The lead, Amber Midthunder, is terrific. And just the recontextualization of the Predator mythos um, in, in, a, in a sort of newly colonial place um, set in, in and amongst the, the indigenous Americans, I just thought it was great. And you also had a fucking Predator in it, um, doing cool-ass Predator shit. Um, you know, it, is, it was very much a, a good object lesson of, yeah, you can actually be kind of respectful and diverse and tell a story with empathy and have it be good and have it be fucking awesome and have it kick ass um, without the, you know, go woke, go broke argument, which never actually holds. Um, You're getting so, a lot of love and chat for Prey. Oh, so good. So far, everyone's co-signing your list. Nobody's fighting your list at all. But Prey, a lot of people are like, oh, Prey's on my list as well. Excellent. Ooh, Bamfman's here. Hey, Banff man, you raced in just like Pietro. <laughs> Is he saying a thing? You got to unmute yourself. Right. JC, what are you doing? Fucking, you, you brought the show to a screeching fucking halt. Is your mic uh, Mike's dead? No. Okay, well, bye. <laughs> um, oh. All right. All right. In at number six, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. You've seen it. I've seen it. I saw it both in the theater. I went, I went to the theater on my birthday to go see Glass Onion on a big screen. And then again on Netflix. Um, and, you know, much like the first Knives Out, which, you know, I don't, I don't, I've read that Ryan Johnson does not like to have to call them Knives Out Mysteries because it's, it, it should be, it should be like a Benoit Blanc mystery. Like that's the connective tissue. It's not a sequel to Knives Out as much as it's just a brand new thing. Um, so he don't like calling it Knives Out, but he cops to the fact that that's how you market it. Yes. He's like, I wish we didn't have to do that, but I get that we did. And so I understand it. I just wish. Um, but it's, it's pretty terrific. What's going on? I don't know. I don't want to get too smoky in here. I don't have <laughs> fire lines. I got a lot of comic books in here. <laughs> that would be the best way to end 2022. It's just standing in his comic book store with the sprinklers going off. Pap! <laughs> <laughs> That's a wrap, folks. But yes, Glass yeah, Onion. Say um, you know, it's a it's a character ensemble who done it murder mystery, much like the first one was. 
Um, new characters, a, a bunch of them, you know, almost all of them. Um, new mystery, clearly a new antagonist who's wonderful. Um, Ryan Johnson has said that his Miles Braun is not a direct riff on Elon Musk, even though he 100% feels like a direct riff on Elon Musk. Um, basically, the, the penetrating the veil of hyper-rich tech billionaires who pretend to be brilliant, um, even though most of the time they're not. Um, it, uh, and it's just fun and smart, and it all holds. Having seen it twice, just, and you know, when you see it the second time, you begin to see all of the sutures and all of the ways in which it's connected and holds, and I think it's wonderful. And Ryan Johnson remains a fantastic director. And like, he just, he understands how to do this shit. He understands how to stage a scene. He understands how to make it so that six people standing in the screen at once all have different values and shades and hues and levels of importance. And I don't know, man. I just, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, Good for him. I haven't seen it yet, but I've not met a person that doesn't like it. Yeah. I'm sure I like it as well. I mean, I'm all... New Year's Day. Mm, sit in the movie theater and have a marathon. Watch a bunch of stuff that Ooh. I haven't seen. That should be on the top of the list. That sounds dreamy. I mean, why else buy a movie theater if you can't fucking Citizen Kane your way into that shit? And she'd be like, I'm going to stay here all day. Bring me bonbons. Um, you know, I I don't eat bonbons. What kind of fucking horrible stereotype you laying on me. <laughs> Do I look like a bonbon person? You son like of a, a bitch. Bon- <laughs> Am I a bonbon boy to you? <laughs> what, I look funny to you? What, I look French to you? Instead of eating bonbons. Uh, in at number five, as we crack the top half of the list, uh, is Ms. Marvel. Yeah, what a wonderful show that was. Yeah, like I... I here as well. Wow. I had zero expectations for it. Um, I expected I expected my Marvel thing this year to have been either Black Panther or Doctor Strange 2. And Black Panther sort of made the cut. Doctor Strange 2 did not. But Ms. Marvel was the one that just surprised the shit out of me at almost every turn. Um, Iman Vellani is a discovery as, as Kamala Khan. Um, and the, the specificity of that world, of the sort of Pakistani immigrant life living in New Jersey... Um, it's, it's just so wonderfully specific that it begins to open up the entire sort of emotional canvas of who is this young lady? What does she want? What are her struggles? What are her dreams? How are her specific dreams? Just like everybody else's, you know, what's the history of her family and her people and to take an entire episode and teach me about partition. Like, yeah, educate me while you're at entertaining me. I'll take them both. Um, and I thought that it, it resolved in a fantastically intimate way. It did not need to get bigger because bigger was not what this show is asking for. And so when it does become just a like, we're going to have this kind of conflict, final conflict in a high school <laughs> where we kind of started it all, um, just in and amongst our core crew, um, I appreciated it. Um, it was also just insanely well shot and produced. Remember how fun it was? Yeah. Just visually to look at. Yeah, like every text message was somehow incorporated into the background animation in some way. And just the storytelling was incredibly vivid. Yeah, yeah. hats off. Those are the kids that were supposed to or did make Batgirl, right? Mm-hmm. 
So yeah. they got they got Ms. Marvel showed off their chops, man. Um, the, the, wonderful show for all the reasons Mark said. Plus, just so visually engaging. I felt one of the best looking of the Marvel shows in terms of presentation. It had a voice, like yeah. it had a style. Very much so. So yeah, Ms. Marvel is in at number five. Um, number four was Interview with a Vampire, which I did not expect to like. Um, I've, I've read the book. I read the book when I was in high school, when, when I think everybody, if you're going to discover Anne Rice, you discover Anne Rice when you're in high school. Um, I've seen the movie, which, you know, has its lures to be sure. Tom Cruise, you know, favorite of this list, um, gives a phenomenal performance as Lestat. Um, as the vampire Lestat. And so when I heard that AMC was doing a series of interviews with the vampire, I was like, all right, well, whatever, I'll watch one episode. Um, and what ended up happening was it, it, it is a sequel that, or a reboot that does not exonerate the original. It incorporates the events of the movie. Um, it retells them from a different perspective and it recasts the entire tenor of the story by making, um, Louis, um, a, a gay black man in sort of late 19th, early 20th century New Orleans, which suddenly it becomes a very different story. Suddenly it becomes a story about race and class and gender and power and privilege and prestige. And what happens when you give somebody who has none of that stuff, the power of a vampire, you know, and, and that I found incredibly rich, just ground to start to till and the places that they went with it, um, I just found intoxicating every episode. I thought it was it was phenomenal. And that's coming from an old school fan. Yeah, like I, I you know, I, I never quite understood what Brad Pitt's Louis was always whiny about. Like, oh, yeah, so you're a rich white dude who's upset that the plantations, I guess, aren't making as much money as they used to make. Oh, no. Whereas now it's, oh, you're a black dude whose family has money, but you want you want to elevate your status in life. You want to elevate your class, but all of the, the power structures, all of the systems in New Orleans at the time were not arrayed in your favor. And so how do you jump that boat? How do you, how do you, how do you break that particular ceiling? Well, you become a vampire, but then it still doesn't fucking work. Like there's something kind of lovely about the prison that that character still finds himself in, even with immortality. Um, I just thought it was incredibly deep and incredibly rich. Where um, do they, where do they find it? Where is it? Well, who's airing it? Uh, it was on AMC, um, <laughs> and so if you have the AMC Plus, you can probably um, watch it right now. I'm not sure if it's on on demand, but uh, AMC spent through the nose for the Anne Rice catalog, and uh, and if this is how they're doing it, then I'm on board for more. They have the Mayfair Witches, which I think is another um, Anne Rice series coming in January, but. I mean, there's a lot of vampire mythos that they have to, to go through. And so if this is just season one, then bully for them and bully for me. What number is this on your list? This was number four. That's rather high, man. That's a high and that's a late comer, right? You only That was like October, yeah. That was that was a Halloween. That was a Halloween jammy jam. All right. All right. Uh all right, top three. Let's let's recount, let's recap. The bottom seven before we go to the top what, three. What an entertainer you are. Fucking you understand. <laughs> the recap here. Those who came in late, here comes the Zaddy's got a recap for you. <laughs> <laughs> this has been America's top 40. And right now we're to recap. 
Uh, in at number 10 was Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Number nine, Peacemaker. Number eight, Top Gun Maverick. Number seven, Prey. Number six, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. Number five, Ms. Marvel. And number four, Interview with a Vampire. In at number three, the shortest title on the list, maybe the longest movie on the list. It was a discovery that just I kind of stumbled upon. I heard whisperings on the internet about this movie um, out of India that was this amazing kind of martial arts, kung fu, action, um, romance, musical called RRR. What the three R stand for seemed to be up for some debate. Rise, Rage, Revolt, perhaps. Unclear. Um, but it is the most insane film I've seen in a long time. It is incredibly earnest. Um, it is nothing but a platonic love story between these two guys on opposite sides of the British occupation in India. Um, one guy plays an Indian who's working for the Brits. Another guy plays a, a, a an avenger of the forest who's come to find a kidnapped girl in the in the British stronghold. In a, in, and, I, and I cannot remember what city that this is in, in India. Um, but there's like tiger fights, there's musical dance numbers, there's one man versus a hundred men fight scenes, there's weaponized jungle cats, there's everything you could possibly imagine in a movie is in this movie. Um, I've, I, I cannot, I can't compare it to anything else on this list. Even the number two movie, which is also almost every movie you've ever seen at once. But um, there's just something so, so earnest about it. It deeply believes in everything that it's putting on the screen. There's no irony. There's no looking sideways at it. It is just these two men are in love, and then they're on opposite sides of that love, and then they will cross the boundaries of space and time to reconnect with each other and defeat the evil British occupiers because all of the reasons. So yes, if you have not seen RRR, fucking see RRR. It's long. It's like three and a half hours long. I will see it, but fucking throwing a cat at another person <laughs> intrigues me. I, I don't like that sort of thing, but it's a movie. So it's a <laughs> I mean, well, I, here's a fucking scene. Here's a guy trying to break into the big British stronghold, and he's on his truck, and he's on the roof of the truck, and he bursts through one gate, he bursts through another gate, and a bunch of dudes are sitting there with machine guns aiming at the truck as he's going, and the truck does a fucking skid, and out of the back of the truck, it happened to be an exotic animal's fucking conveyance. And so all these gates open, and then there's, here's a fucking water buffalo, here's a tiger, here's a crane, here's a this, all jumping out of the back of this fucking truck to take on anybody that's in its way. It's crazy pants wonderful. I'm done. I'm going to check it out. It's on, you saw it on Netflix? It's on Netflix. Um, I think there's a, there's a dubbed version, there's a subtitled version, you know, see it however you can see it. It's terrific. Um, so that was number three, RRR. <laughs> number two, I might have tipped at when I was talking about number three. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once. Wonderful movie. Oh, my God. Like, she might actually, she may win the Academy Award this year. I think that if, if anybody has, you know, A, goodwill, and B, the great narrative of, I have been one of the world's finest actresses for some 40 years, 
and only now you are seeing everything that I can do because this was the first movie that let me do everything that I can do. Um, I think Ki Hu Kwan has a really good shot because again, the narrative of I was fucking short round. <laughs> you know, I was in the Goonies and then I disappeared for 40 years um, because I didn't think anybody gave a shit about me. And so here's my comeback vehicle, which again, lets me do everything I've ever been able to do. Um, and it's this incredibly heartfelt story about finding yourself and discovering who you are um, and having the people in your life see you for who you are, um, which also happens to have this crazy multiversal story, a ton of Kung Fu and action, um, deeply introspective scenes where, you know, and everything bagel is the both center of and destroyer of the universe. Um, it's, it is everything. And I, I saw it by myself in the theater and like wept openly like two or three times because it is also deeply emotional and beautiful. Um, the Daniels are the filmmakers and, and this seemed to be the thing that they somehow, I desperately want to know how they pitched this movie because so much of it is visual, so much of it is conceptual. It's almost like you just have to have a leap of faith that we're going to be able to pull this off. And they did. They did. They did. I think it's, it's the best movie I saw this year. Which means that number one is not a movie. Number one is, in fact, a television show. It is the best TV show that I've seen all year. It is Andor. Oh, my God. Andor is number one for you? That was the thing this year? Andor is number one for me. Andor, Andor would be a fantastic TV show, even if it wasn't Star Wars. Even if it was just, we are telling you the story of a rebellion. We are telling you the story of the price people pay. We're telling you the story of the mechanics of raising money. We're telling you the story of the people who get caught up in the meat grinder of gigantic, despotic um, sort of bureaucracies. But then when you also make it about Star Wars, when you also make it about Mon Mothma and everything that she has to do as a senator before she gets to be the fucking lady planning Death Star raids, you know, if it gets to be about, you know, all of the people who you would eventually see, like, die in Rogue One, um, introducing new characters you've never seen before and may never see again, reconnecting with characters from like Clone Wars and deepening them and enriching them, um, and casting it with some of the best people who've ever done it. I mean, Diego Luna is amazing. Fucking the two scenes you get, Forrest Whitaker, are amazing. Um, Stellan Skarsgård is doing fucking career-beating best work in this. Um, and it's Tony Gilroy, who's written some of the best movies in the last 40 years, who knows how to fucking tell his story. And it rewards patience. You know, it does not race out of the gate. You know, I think that if there's a knock on Andor, it's that it takes its time. Um, but there's always something to appreciate. Every scene has something new. Every, every interaction between two characters is about something. And it's all leading somewhere. Um, and it's telling these, these somewhat... I'm not going to say siloed stories, but it's telling stories in triplicate where it's the first three episodes are one story. The second three episodes are another story. The third three episodes are another story. And they all keep adding up. They all keep compounding on each other. And they all keep telling you this story of what it costs. What does a rebellion cost? You know, it's easy for like Luke Skywalker to hop in a fucking X-Wing and trust in the force and blow it up. But who paid for that X-Wing? Like, who's the, like, what... What do people have to give and what does a populace need to sacrifice before they're willing to rise up? And I thought to tell that in Star Wars, 
you know, to tell that, to use the vestiges, to use our, our affinity for it, and then find something incredibly new to say about it, which nobody said anything new about Star Wars in a very long time. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I loved every minute of it. I can't wait to watch it again. Bam. Uh, next, next, oh, he's back. Am I working now? I, yeah. I, messed, I messed with the mic because people said I was too loud and then I broke stuff. Uh, but I'm back. I'll also say about Andor is that uh, in a world where Star Wars television looks like television, Andor, for all 10 hours of it, looked like a movie. The insert shots, the cinematography, the way that they did the sound on it, where the sound played a role in the storytelling was stuff that you don't see on TV. Uh, it was so good. Uh, I will finally fuck with it. Maybe over the, the holiday. Um, here's what I will add to the list. Uh, mm -hmm. Sandman was fucking phenomenal. I mm -hmm. absolutely loved it. I can't believe not only did they stick the landing, but, you know, they, they made fucking Calliope in a dream of a thousand cats. Like, happy for Neil because, man, he held on to his baby forever. And, and everyone, I thought, did a phenomenal fucking job. Uh, the boys season, what was it, three that we just had? Yeah. Um, that show, Kripke and Co. continue to fucking absolutely crush. That was such a fun watch each and every week, and they always showed us something brand new. Um, let's see, what else we got? Um, I, I really like the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special as like <laughs> a, like a saccharine... 45 minute like I don't have to watch Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer again movie um, I would put uh, the Fablemans on that list um, I love the whole flick but I would particularly put the last 5-10 minutes of the Fableman the whole John Ford sequence right up to the last shot Just a, if you're a fan of filmmaking or you know you've ever fancied yourself a, a storyteller it's it's a story about a storyteller and uh and and uh it hits home a lot of a lot of uh, personal stuff in his his personal life he put the most uh confessional piece of art you think that guy's ever made out you know what i'm saying he's always kind of hinted at throughout most of his movies divorced mothers have always been very prominent uh mm -hmm. and this movie kind of tells you why and you know it's it take him taking us through his uh life through the you know the characters and and watching him one of my favorite sequences is um in the beginning they take the kid to see the greatest show on earth and he watches a train wreck in the movie and you know it's it haunts him scares him he can't sleep and stuff and he asks for a train set for Christmas. And they give him a train set. And all he does is want to tra crash the trains over and over. And his mom's trying to figure it out. And she's like, he's, he, he's trying, he wants to control life. Like in that moment, never felt more seen by a fucking movie this year. With the exception of perhaps Clerks 3, which I <laughs> feel very seen by. But that fucking moment alone, like her his mom figuring out he's trying to control it like his fear that, that that's at the root 
I can't speak for every artist, but certainly at the root of this artist is you just want to control an uncontrollable world. And you could do that with fake people and fake situations and stuff like that. Oh God, that there are so many lines in that movie that devastate. There's another line. What was it Tony Kushner wrote it? Mm-hmm. Uh, where, you know, he says, you can't just love something. You have to take care of it. Uh, but his, his mom gets him a camera and says, here, now you can film the trains crashing, but you, you only have to do it once because you could do it with the camera. And then there's this beautiful scene where he takes his mom into the closet, sets up a projector and shows her the movie he shot. <laughs> it's him crashing the trains over and over again from like a thousand different angles. And he's <laughs> like, I had to crash it more than once. And she's just like, it's beautiful. I love it. And it, it's a setup. I mean, it's a beautiful scene in and of itself, but it's a setup for a scene, a heartbreaking scene later on in the movie when he brings his mom back into the closet to show her movies. Um, it's not, doesn't seem to be doing the business. I mean, I was happy. Like we had it at uh, Smod Castle this week. And, you know, even though it's out on home video, we had a lot of people show up to see it. You know, most of them were older folks, which like, boy, that's a sweet spot for mm-hmm. movies like that. But I absolutely adored that flick. Uh, I think about it all the time. That's the Spielberg kid. He may go someplace. He's seems to know. <laughs> I uh, uh, I have I have to represent the chat. A lot of people calling out Clerks Three uh, on their list, but I will say uh, about Clerks Three is that when we went and saw it at the premiere. Jen, who, my Jen, who hadn't seen Clerks 2, loved the movie and it sat with her uh, in like a way about like talking about aging and getting older and things like that. So it uh, it meant something to somebody who's like not, you know, like. Kevin Smith to her is like the guy who likes shag artwork, not like the the clerks guy. And the so for her, friend. yeah, yeah, the husband's friend, uh, the guy who who's like dinner's gonna be at six, and I'm like I'll be in at eight. Uh, that guy is <laughs> Kevin Smith guy, uh, uh, but she really really liked Clerks and had you know, no reason to, um, and no background on it. So it, it works. It really works. I appreciate that. I, uh, I watched is the only movie that I watched literally 75 times this year <laughs> uh, on every stop of the convenience tour, all 52 stops. And thank you to everybody who came out and sold us out time and time again and stuff. Um, you know, it, it held up for me. I fucking adore that movie. That's, that may be my favorite Kevin Smith movie. Um, I know, you know, Clerks is everyone the ones everyone's partial to, but I've got, I love Clerks 3. And I love the lot the people's reaction to it. It's coming out now. It just popped down to Blu-ray and DVD. And, uh, you know, the, the Best Buy had a fucking 4K steel book. It was my first 4K release, I believe. Definitely my first. Well, not my first steelbook. I think they've done a Clerks one before. My first 4K release. Really. And so, you know, I've been getting more people who've never seen the movie before uh, reacting to it all throughout the holidays. Like, you know, Twitter can be a hellscape for some, but since Clerks 3 has come out, it's been a lovely 
place for me. A lot of people like the movie. Now, I'm not saying that so a bunch of people jump in and start shitting in my movie's mouth and my mouth and shit like that. Like, I'm, I'm not daring anybody to make it worse, um, but it's been absolutely wonderful. Ever since we put up the trailer for the movie, I was real scared when we put up the trailer that people were going to be like, fuck you, this again? <laughs> Fucking get out of here. And they, they went for it, man. It was... So thank you to everybody who went to see it at a Fathom event screening or came to see it with me on the convenience tour or watched it, you know, on iTunes or Amazon or just picked up a Blu-ray or a steelbook. Uh, thank you uh, for the support. It was a lovely, lovely uh, year. That tour was everything that I hoped it would be. I was dreaming about that tour since the last tour. And then the pandemic happened there was a question if we'd ever be able to get there. We got there and every night it was just absolute fucking bliss. And they all made me feel like a, a good filmmaker. So thank you. Um, trying to think what else. Um, yeah. And, and I would, I would caution anybody against believing that if it's not on the list, I didn't like it. Um, it is entirely possible that I didn't see it. Um, there's a bunch of fucking movies, especially in this last push, as you know, people are releasing their Oscar things. I'm getting screeners, and time is not my friend. And so, like, it is not a commentary that a thing is on the list. There's some things that I like that aren't. Like, I like the Sandman quite a bit, um, but it just, you know, in in whatever bizarro math was happening in my head that day, it just one thing beat it, and another thing didn't. So, um, but yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not comprehensive, but it is complete. What, uh, hey kids in chat, what did we miss? Uh, what did you guys like this year that we didn't get to? I see a better call, Saul. Bam. Shout out, there were a lot of longing. Shout out, uh, oh, Victor Venn Diagram said the Black Man Beyond episodes this year were so much fun. Definitely want more of those. Thank you. Uh, a lot of people so said well. the bear, yeah, the bear, yeah, there's a lot of love for the bear. Um, she Hulk, I, let's see a she Hulk yellow jackets. Was that this year? That was this year. Um, yellow jackets was tight too, man. You know what? I have not the seen any man with Jeff Bridges was also mm. really good too. You know what? I haven't heard anybody asking for the Batman, which was also this year. That happened this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, some folks talk about severance. Was that this year? Mm-hmm. Um, severance was one I haven't seen the whale as well. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio Moon Knight. I was a big fan of Moon Knight. Fucking loved it. Loved every second of it. Um, couldn't believe we got a Moon Knight series and what they did with it was wonderful. Balancing the scales at the end. Just so I, I, I enjoyed it so fucking much. Remember, summon the suit. <laughs> oh, fuck it. Um, what else? A lot of people, of course, say Stranger Things. I still haven't fucked with that. Um, but I hear great things. Um, uh, Cobra Kai season five. People love Pearl. A little love mm. for Pearl right there. Um, Reservation Dogs, which you've liked as well. Oh, the second season. I mean, I again, I was trying to make this the new shit that I saw this year. But if I had a recurring favorites, Reservoir Dogs is among the best things that I've seen this year. The second season was remarkable. Reservation dogs. Yeah. Did I say reservoir dogs? You might have. Tom, Tom, Pam and Tommy. That was a fun fucking watch as well. That happened this year. Um, 
Somebody said confess Fletch. Did you see that yet? I did see it. It was good, right? Yeah, super fun. Yeah, totally. And not like, oh, it fucking replaces Chevy Chase or whatever. It's just another flavor, but but close to Gregory McDonald's stuff. I thought, who was the director? Greg? Greg Matola. Did a wonderful job, man. Uh, She-Hulk happened this year. Paper Girls. That was such a great watch, although we'll never get it again, it looks like. Um, uh, let's see. Emancipation says Alien Expo. Anybody? Yeah, the Will that? Smith movie. Um, I I am never going to see that movie. <laughs> um, our flag means death. You were a fan of that one. I very much so. Um, Elvis. Everyone's pointing out Elvis. Yeah, that was totally great. That was so much fucking movie. Baz Luhrmann was just like take all the movie. Um, I keep seeing a lot of love for Tulsa King. What is is that the Sylvester Stallone thing? Yeah, on Paramount Plus, the the Taylor Sheridan um, series or a movie? Yeah, series. And Sylvester Stallone's in it. His first TV show. And it's on Paramount Plus. That's the guy yeah. who does the the Yellowstones and the 1883s and 1923s. And... Um, yeah, that guy. They should make him the head of Paramount. Man. I mean. They're paying him like he's ahead of Paramount. <laughs> Give him a pair of Paramounts, man. Uh, people love him, but he's making. I feel like I'm, I missed the boat. Yeah. I saw, I saw his movies before he got into the series. Yeah. I love Hell or High Water. Hell or High yeah. Water is one oh, of my what favorite a fucking great movie. That's such a great movie. Oh, one of my favorite <laughs> last 10 years. Um. Okay. Um, somebody said the Barbie trailer. I mean, it was fine. Uh, you know, I, I, mean, nobody, I look forward to that movie in a big, bad way, but the trailer was... I mean, it's a teaser, not even really a trailer. Exactly. Like, but I look forward to that fucking Barbie movie. I think there's no way it misses. It looks so fucking good. Uh, Barry, somebody shouted out Barry. Had a wonderful season this year. Terrifier 2, man. Fuck out <laughs> of time with that. We had a screening at Smod Castle. And it was good fucking times, man. It inspired me, made me want to make a very inexpensive movie. Hmm. Um, you know, when a fucking indie film makes you wait, an old ass indie filmmaker go like, ooh, I would like to make an indie film again. That's that's some good movie making right there. Um, let's see what else we got in the chat. <clears throat> um did you watch the weird, the Al Yankovic story? I didn't. I uh, I don't have the Roku channel. I'm I not sure where else I can get it. Barbarian, J.C. Kilpack put out. Barbarian is fucking wonderful. Justin Long, fantastic in the movie. I, I would like to watch that movie again. It's so twisty-turny and shit. Um, good, good-ass fucking flick, man. Really great flick. Yeah. Fuck with it, kids, if you ain't seen it. A lot of people giving love to the menu. Uh, which I ain't seen. Roush, you around? What'd you like this year? Yeah, we did that. <laughs> Talking about that. Clerks three. That's how you do it, Mark. <laughs> I am not going to mention a movie that I was in. <laughs> you got it. I do it all the time. <laughs> That's how we got here. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, man, it was, I, I, this was a year where I did a lot of, uh, you know, um, I was out there making the thing and then touring and things. So I didn't engage as much with stuff, but I, I feel like I did watch a bunch of things. Hmm. Me and Jen like fucking watched before I went out on tour, me and Jen like watched a fuck ton of TV. Cause I got it done with my edit on clerks three pretty like early. Like, you know, we, we were shooting in the summer of 2021 and then I was like by the new year, by 2022 top of the year i had my cut all done and locked and shit like that so there was a lot of tv watching and that like i remember watching reacher we had such a fucking blast man and like ms marvel and moon knight this was the year that jen really started fucking hard with the marvel mm. which was so nice for me um <laughs> i you know it, it not only was it nice that like oh she's engaged part of the fun of watching anything that you love with somebody you love who's never watched that shit before is yes the joy of sharing but also specifically kids the joy of explaining everything (laughs) favorite things i did all year was when jennifer was just like i don't get it and i'd pause and be like well let me explain see back in fucking blah 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 so that was absolute fucking bliss um I guess that's it. That's our list, everybody. There that's it is. That's the list. Oh, you watch Wednesday yet? Everybody loves Wednesday. I, I'm halfway through it. And? You know, it's, uh, it's, it's giving me, it's reminding me why I liked Riverdale to begin with, um, in that it's a bunch of kids at a school where creep, kooky fucking shit happens, and there's a murder, and somebody's got to be solving it, and so it's Wednesday, and so it's very YA. But it's YA from the disaffected youth perspective, um, which is also very Tim Burton. Um, I think that this is also one of the, you know, the few TV things that Tim Burton has done. Like he's directed every episode so far. And so it's got a very Burton-y feel to it. Um, Jen Ortega's phenomenal. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's light, but it's fun. I dig it. And I see why it's doing well. I got some love for wrong reasons up in the chat. A few people put wrong reasons. That was uh, Josh Roush's movie with Liv. Hmm. Yes, bitch. He said, yeah, from the back. Um, uh, that we played at this Mod Castle Film Festival, and then we played out in Los Angeles, and then it's coming first first month of one of the the first month of programming for January for uh Mod Castle, January twenty fifth to the twenty ninth. We're doing Rauschemann, a festival of all his stuff. Um, folks, I February fourth is going to be Clerks open all night, where we show all three Clerks movies all night long and give you a big quick stop bag full of shit at the end of it. Um. Because we moved to February 4th. I think January, leave January 21st open, kids, because I think something's going to come together very quickly. If you're a fan of mall rats, you might want to leave that date open. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we're, I, we're putting up the schedule now for, for January and, and, and even more so. we got to build a bunch of artwork um, uh, to start putting up sales well in advance advance on on smod castles smodcastlecinemas.com which kids if you go to smodcastlecinemas.com right now you can buy tickets to see me on new year's eve a new year's evening with kevin smith man join the other 205 people who've already bought <laughs> tickets man uh pack in to theater one 
the Don Smith Memorial Theater at uh, Smog Castle Cinemas in Atlanta Highlands, New Jersey. And uh, ring out 2022 with me and bring in 2023. Uh, oh, what good times they'll be. I'm going to use my mouth on you. I'm gonna give can, you can you smuggle in booze? You don't even have to smuggle it. BYOB. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Potent Potables is going to be uh, giving out libations there during the show as well. Our good friends at Potent Potables. So, even though we don't have a liquor license yet, uh, there will be drinks uh, served. And uh, you know, kids. The guy who owns the theater, the guy on stage, he smokes weed all the time. So, <laughs> bring what you want. Somebody once asked me, like, "Can I vape in your theater?" I was like, "You could. You could." You can have sex in my theater. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, I'm a film exhibitor. I want you there any way, shape, or form. Just buy a ticket, buy some popcorn, do whatever you want in the theater. Bamf. This, oh, is, bamf where, this is where Carol calls you and is like, Kevin, <laughs> no. <laughs> true. Very true, very true. Uh, but there is an outside, you know. <laughs> Go fuck outside. <laughs> you can always have sex or smoke weed outside. <laughs> um, all right. Is it time for questions? I believe it is time for the Q&A. Uh, yeah. The uh, favorite part of the show, we're going to end 2022 with questions from you. Ooh, no more rhyming. I mean it. That's right. Anybody want a peanut? Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> um, we've, got some, we've got some questions. I'm going to push my stuff. No cover New Year's Eve for Scum and Villainy and Champagne. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Hey, uh, my, my bad. I was blowing up about Jersey and shit, but JC is the proprietor of the Scum and Villainy Cantina, which I'm sure is open on New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. What are you, what are you no, guys doing? No cover. Champagne toast at midnight. Every, every place on New Year's, Eve, New Year's Eve has a cover. We don't. Uh, and a free champagne toast at midnight with blue champagne blue like my shirt champagne which is pretty wild and it's not just us putting food coloring in it is naturally blue um and then monday is my 42nd birthday hey hmm. and so if well, i've baby, learned girl you'll be a woman soon well done <laughs> Uh, if I've learned anything in the last 10 years, it's that uh, your birthday is a good time to monetize. So I will be at Scum and Villainy on Monday if anybody wants to hang out. Uh, you know what they want to do? They want to come in and buy you a drink. Yeah. So I'll be there uh, at some point, uh, probably all evening if you want to come just come say hi. Uh, so that's stuff Saturday and Tuesday, Saturday and Monday, tomorrow and Monday. Nice. And if it's not raining, it's been raining in L.A. nonstop. If it's not raining, we're going to open up the new Hobbit patio. <gasps> oh, it's happening. So you, Where we, is it? Tell them about it. You got, a, you got a photo or no? I don't have a photo yet, but it's the alleyway that used to be the trash alleyway green room has been converted into a Shire outdoor patio. Uh, so if you're, if you want to hang out where we used to step over human feces, uh, and, and do the pre-show, hopefully if it's not raining, we'll 
we will be I will be there on New Year's Eve after 9:30. Kids, whether whether you're shire or not so shire, <laughs> go scum and villainy, fuck with the Hobbit land. What are you calling it? Uh I think we're calling it the Prancing Pony Patio. Nice. Is that code so, for something? It's uh if you're into Tolkien. <laughs> and big dicks. <laughs> um, all right all right what uh what, what to ask of the some questions three uh wilverine ortiz which i thought was pretty clever wilverine ortiz wilverine. um what group of fictional characters would you like to party with or count down the new year with and why and who are you kissing if not your wives? Oh, all right. So what part one is what? Who, what group would you want to party with on New Year's? A fictional band. Group? Like band or For, fucking like? Fictional characters. Doesn't need to be a band. Marvel Cinematic Universe Avengers from Age of Ultron. They look like they party, man. That seemed like a good fucking time. That, that's my idea of New Year's Eve. We all sit around, try to lift that guy's fucking hammer. That guy. Like, I don't <laughs> know. fucking hammer, man. Like, and we drink, you know, fucking booze that get World War II survivors fucked up, as we saw in that fucking uh, Stanley bit. Um, and then when shit gets slow, murder bots all around. <laughs> And everybody, even even Maria Hill is pulling a gun and shooting them in the fucking head. So you're safe as a kitten, man. Uh, I choose to party with the Marvel Cinematic Universe Avengers. Number one, hanging out with fucking Robert Downey Jr. Well, Tony Stark on New Year's. Oh, amazing, man. It'd be fantastic. Um, and then who would I want to kiss if not my wife on New Year's? Fictional character? Well, not Superman, because that takes away your memories. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when he did that in the movie, Kiss Lois, and she was like, what's happening in the world today? Uh, so I'm kissing that fucking dude. Um, who do I want to kiss? They have to be, they don't have to be like on the lips and tongue and shit, right? It's a new you year's. You define your kiss. Could be a chaste kiss. Like a kiss on a forehead? Yeah, I'm sure. choosing my father. I'm choosing my dad. That I used to kiss him on the forehead goodnight and shit. That'll bring him back from the fucking grave. Is he present? Can I talk to him? Or is he like, what? And I'm trying to kiss his forehead. He's like, what? You know. If he's like, dad, where I can have a conversation with him, then I can kiss him on the forehead. But if he's like, when he's trying to eat me, then I don't want any part of that. Uh, I'm going to say dad. <laughs> old, uh, account okay. said, old account said gay. To kiss my dad on the forehead, old account. <laughs> and why is that negative? Positive. I go for you. Yeah. Uh, I am going to hang out New Year's Eve in Las Vegas with Danny Ocean's Eleven. I think that would be fun. I think I think George Clooney and Brad Pitt and Matt Damon and fucking Don Cheadle and Bernie Mac and all those dudes, that would be a riot. Um, 
So yeah, that's that's who I'm hanging out with. And if I'm not, huh? Uh, Manuel D- Manuel Diaz says your dad's a fictional character. I guess it had to be a fictional character, but I'll be honest with you. The version of my dad that I talk about all the time pretty much is a fictional. <laughs> it's he's recalled through the prism of memory and sentimentality. So, trust me, he's way more verbal in the stories I tell than he ever was in real life. It's the original <laughs> Silent Bob. So, anyway, back to you, Mark. Who's uh, your yes? And if I have to kiss a fictional character on the lips who is not my wife, um, it is very specifically Linda Carter's Wonder Woman. What? I, what a deep cut was that all about? Because it's fucking Linda Carter, man. I mean, look, no, <laughs> no argument. A stunning uh, woman at any age, but but I had no idea you had a Linda Carter thing. Uh, I mean, I have a. I was a boy when I first saw the Wonder Woman, and then I was a man when the Wonder Woman ended. <laughs> like, what you doing? Why she keep spinning like that? Why do I feel funny? Why are my pants getting tight? Um. Wow. What, what a great childhood, man. <laughs> Why not? If I if I got to shoot the moon, then shoot it with a lady who can lasso the moon. Um. I. You know. I mean, you can kiss your dad. I mean, that's also fine. Thanks. <laughs> 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 Thanks for co-signing it late after you're like Linda Carter. Wait, it's, not, it's, it's Wonder Woman herself. Yes, not so Linda we, Carter. She's a real lady. Um, what about Steve Trevor? Fuck that dude. He can pick some fake lady to kiss. A fucking war hero, you monster. <laughs> Let him get his own dame. <laughs> God. Uh, there's your answers, kids. What about you, Banff man? Who are you partying with? I, I feel like I should say the Wookiees from the bad Star batch. Wars. What's that? <laughs> the bad Batch. Not the bad. I feel like I should say the Wookiees from the Star Wars Holiday Special, but for some reason, the Scooby Doo Gang seems like a fun. You get like a little party and a little adventure. All right. Um, and I think. I would want just a peck, like a, the smallest peck from Rogue as my New Year's Eve kiss. Why, just, just to flirt with danger? Just to, like, remember when, uh, when in the movie, when Iceman kissed her and then she breathes out and is they're like, whoa, it just seems fun. If I'm going to kiss a fictional person, I could probably I mean, come home and be like, look. It, what I just wanted to see what it was like. It wasn't a real kit. Like I could get away with it. You know I who cheated I on you. You know who we should all kiss? Hmm. Jeff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. All right. Next Jeff question. Right. This Jeff, uh, Jeff the old man himself. <laughs> I'm doing. Um, I'm doing this question from Tyler Hall. Because he's asked this question every single show for like the last year and a half, and I've never picked his question. So I'm oh giving my God, him. He's about to get a Christmas wish. Come <laughs> yeah. <true>. Third <laughs> act of a Dickens thing. And and also, I won't have to get this in chat for all of 2023. 
Which is this is like it's this is like O. Henry's The Gift of the Magi, or my <laughs> fucking favorite sequel, Revenge of the Magi. <laughs> Remember that story where the Magi came back and shit, and then at the last minute they changed the title, Return of the Magi, because Magi's can't have revenge. Whatever. <laughs> Not O. Henry. Anyway, so, go ahead. Tyler Hall wants to know what the verse movie team up slash villain is and the 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 kind of train of thought was like paddington versus Pooh versus yogi bear so who would be your like ultimate kind of team up in that in that way bear fight well or it could be raccoon fight or i think things that kind of line up right like mixed IP that kind of lives in the same world. So like a dog fight, but with dogs from three different like. Yeah. Universes. Right. Snoopy versus Marmaduke versus. Underdog. Uh, underdog versus the oh, tramp. Like an underdog kills them all. He's on drugs. <laughs> he pops a pill and he goes crazy and just fucking wakes up the next morning. All the dogs are. He's covered in blood. He's like, not again. Then <laughs> he flies away. Um, let's see, man. Um, three archers, Oliver Queen, Legolas, and, uh, Hawkeye. All shooting each other in the fucking face. <laughs> <clears throat> Nice. Uh, all, right. all going for all going for eye shots. Each one trying to take out the other one's eye, and so chip, chip, chip. They all lose their eyes, and then we'll find out who the best archer is because whoever's left with one eye, that's the that's the best archer. Okay. Was it meant to be a fight? I think so. Right, JC. It hurt. It yeah. hurt when you said Snoopy versus Marmaduke. I'm like, who the fuck? Te yeah, te team up movie slash fighting the villain. Oh, so you have to identify the villain also. Does the villain have to be another archer? It, it's just their verse movie, I think. Like Batman v Superman. Just they can all they can end up as friends at the end. Maybe one of them doesn't. <laughs> Benjamin Scott <laughs> says. Thanos versus Family Circus. <laughs> okay. Uh, what do you got, Mark? Um, I kind of people are saying Legolas would win. What the fuck? He was fast though in that movie. Remember, he was like he was. I mean, it, it helps when you're firing CG arrows. <laughs> um. I think I, I initially wanted to go some fucking kaiju thing, but there are not enough kaijus that I think make enough recognizable sense. So instead, I'm going to go um, Caster Troy versus Sailor versus... Um, fuck, what the hell was his name in, uh, in Con Air? Basically, it's all the Nicholas Cages. Versus I, know, each I knew other. you were building a steel cage match, man. A steel cage. 
cage and, surrounded by cages. And then the uh, the villain is Nick Cage from Unbearable Weight of uh, Impossible Talent or whatever the hell the name of that movie is. So yes, it is the Enter the Cage. I love it. Cameron Poe. Cameron Poe, Caster Troy, and uh, and Sailor from Wild at Heart. Ooh, that's good. Did I ever tell you my my say my snakeskin jacket? <laughs> Did I ever tell you this jacket represents my what is it my 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 individuality and my belief in personal freedom? Only about a thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> You do a good Laura Dern. Thank you. God, that makes me want to watch that movie, but that's not available on home video, is it? Is, is it not? Hey, Josh, can you find Wild at Heart? Watch that shit. <laughs> to do that. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my that's my pick for the verses. There it is. Um, what about you, Bamf Man? Bamf Man. Man Bat. Dracula and the Count from Sesame Street. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> oh, I'm in. And fucking the Count is just like 190 dead bodies, <laughs> 191. He's just counting the corpses, man. Body count, body count, body count. He, he's like the um, the announcer. Like it's a like it's a cage, like it's an actual cage match, and he's the announcer. Duck, Duck Nagoyan said, uh, V Count Chocula. You could throw him. Oh, oh there you go. That was a missed opportunity. When you throw in Count Chocula. Uh, Green Star says, Jane Silent Bob plus Method Man and Red Man plus Cheech and Chong. Should have oh. chose that much. I mean, it was just sitting there. It's right, right there. Ready to be sparked. Um, man, that's a good ass question. All right, number three is going to take us out of 2022. Kids. All right, last last question, Andrew Shannon. Uh, what are you most excited for in the new year? Uh, your work and not your work. Like, what are you most excited for, and then that you're working on, and then what are you most looking forward to that somebody else is going to do? Um, I, I got a bunch of things for the first few months of the year. I'm just writing. Um, I got a bunch of writing projects um, for other people. So I, I'm unfortunately not at liberty to reveal, but some of them are fucking wonderful. And um, that's, you know, a different beast than the stuff that I do for myself. Um, hmm. What am I most looking forward to? We're seeing some traction on Mall Rats too, Twilight of the Mall Rats. So. Fingers crossed, kids. We heard from the Lionsgate folks. They're very happy with Clerks, the performance of Clerks 3. Not allowed to say anything else. Jordan's always like, I can't tell you anything because then you talk about it and you're fucking shit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, things looking good. So it could be, this could be the year uh, that uh, we return to the mall, y'all. Mm. Uh, and what am I most looking forward to? Uh, Quantum Mania, man. The beginning of Kang the Conqueror. Can't wait. Looks fucking badass. I I I hope it looks bleak. Thinks some bad shit happens to Ant Man at the end, and I'm here for it. I love Paul Wall, but I'm ready to see fucking Ant Man face face his trial as he deals with Kang 
Um, what else is coming that I'm looking forward to? Uh, Masters of the Universe uh, season two. I don't want to. I don't want to be destroyed on the internet. So, but I am looking forward to it. I've seen it, and, and I like what we're doing. Um, what else am I looking forward to? Got more comic books coming, kids. Quick stops and masquerade. The whole like next four issues of masquerade be coming this year early, and, and then quick stops. Look at that pillow pants cover. Continues to happen. You can't stop it. There's an Elias cover right there. And look at that fucking intricate cover. It's the entire story of fucking Clerks 2 done in tiny-ass little boxes. Little boxes on a comic book. Little <laughs> um, so Masquerade uh, issues 5 through 8 come out, and then Quick Stops, um, the next four come out. And um, also me and Jeremy Simpson are working on uh, something, uh, a new book that I fucking love man i think it's so tight it's a really good idea um and he's almost done with the drawing the first book um it's pretty pretty sweet so i look forward to that um over to you um things i'm looking forward to seeing i i cannot wait for um across the spider-verse when we get part one uh later this summer can't fucking wait for that. I cannot wait for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 because I will watch Tom Cruise try to kill himself for my money. Now that Jackie Chan isn't doing it, Tom Cruise is taking over the how much will it cost me in pain to sell you a movie ticket. Plus, he's still a, a good actor, really great actor. So it's yeah. like, not only do you get a really great Tom Cruise performance, but he's like, look at this shit for my next trick. <laughs> Becoming Daffy Duck in that one fucking Merry Melody where fucking him and Bugs are trying to outdo each other and mm-hmm. he makes dynamite and fucking acid and shit and blows up. There's a trailer before uh, Avatar 2 when I saw it in IMAX that I think it's on the internet at this point, but it's Tom Cruise showing you how he's going to jump Snake Canyon. It's like, this is the ramp that we built that I'm going to ride a motorcycle off of it and then do a base jump off the back of the motorcycle. And it's just showing you how he's doing a fucking stunt. And it looks ridiculous. And the crowd lost its mind with just joy and mirth and giddiness at watching Tom Cruise throw himself off a mountain. And like, you know what? I'm here for that level of showmanship. I'm here for that level of commitment to earning my money. Um, so those are the two things off the top of my head that I'm looking forward to. <clears throat> As opposed, uh, Over to the things that I'm looking forward to making. Much like Kevin, it's a it's a, a front loaded writing year, um, where there's there's a fair amount of TV that needs to be written. There's some comic book stuff that needs to be written. Um, there's some new stuff just for me, and we'll see what it turns into that needs to be written. Um, but as a po- but for the things that are going to come to stands that a person could buy, um, Census, uh, the book that I'm that I'm doing for Comicsology, will be collected in the in the late winter, early spring by Dark Horse, so those five issues will be on comic book stands. And in the summer, um, my Muhammad Ali biography, Messenger, will be out from first second. Um, I think the pub date is August of 2023. And I've been working on that for about 10 years. And so we are finally, finally done and ready to unleash it into the world. And so those are the things that I'm pretty sure for now you can buy for next year. There may be more, who can tell? Um, but yeah, that's, that's the hit list at this point. 
Um, uh, <coughs> Jason Muse and Jordan um, Monsanto, his good lady wife, um, are welcoming a second child very soon. So in February, I look forward to Boy Muse Part Two. Um, they haven't settled on the name yet. I'm voting for Magnus. Magnus Muse. That sounds. Mm. But it's probably not going to be Magnus. But Jordan <laughs> said you can call the kid whatever you want, but that's not going to be the kid's name. Um, I look forward to that. I look forward to uh, uh, the Rauschenmann in January at Smog Castle. Clerks open all night in February. The Ides of Mark, the March, when we're going to do Fat Man Beyond live at Smog Castle Cinemas. Um, mm -hmm. I look forward to that shit. What about you, Banff Man? Oh, what about Indiana Jones? We look forward to that. That's very true. I forgot about Indy. You know what we did last week? We watched Kingdom of the Crystal Skull in the theater downstairs. Voluntarily. Well, yeah, you know what? That movie actually works, man. Like, I, I realized as I watched it, I was like, wow, I fell asleep through a lot of this shit. Like, there's a lot of that movie I never saw before in my life. And I was like, and I was sitting there going, oh, man, all this time, uh, you know, I was one of those cats that was like, ugh. And I was like, uh, I looked at the date to see when it came out. Fucking 2008. You know how old that movie is? My kid was nine when it came out. She has her own house now. Like it happened. What happened to the time? Where did it all go, Mark? Got its own house. I guess so. <laughs> but um, yeah, it feels like a movie that gets overly hated now, man. I, I think uh, having I was completely entertained, and I also wasn't like baffled. Like oh, I was in the theater. I think I was baffled because I fell asleep through a lot of chunks of it. Woke up, I was like, "What's it? Are they going to space?" Oh, well. I do still feel like it should have been called. Indiana Jones and the Saucer Men from Mars. I think that's a hotter mm. title than. Mm. But I'm looking forward to this new one because I had such a good time watching Crystal Skull. I was like, I watch fucking Indiana Jones to ride a horse in a subway. Fuck. Spending too much time. time with Roush. <laughs> he that's loves that movie. Josh, Josh was like, we should watch it again. And I, I was like, you know, because Liv, his wife, um, is like, that's her favorite of the Indiana Jones movie. And I was like, what? What are you nuts? But having just watched it, I'm like, I, it would never be my favorite, but like, it holds up. It works. I mean, I guess if it's your first Indiana Jones movie, then I get it. Uh, Ross pops out to be like, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I look forward to that. What else? What's the other Marvel besides Quantumania? They got another movie? I think so. I don't remember what it is. I guess The Flash will also be next year, allegedly. Yeah, I look forward to The Flash, although... If Michael Keaton's might still be in it. Did you guys see that? That the Flash toys leaked? And there is a, a Michael Keaton Batman toy that comes with a Flash toy with a, a Batwing? Did you guys see that pop up? Batwing? Ship? It's a Batwing ship with a Ezra Miller Flash and a Michael Keaton Batman toy packaged. I just I I I know there are a lot of people online and we're gonna shit in my mouth for this. And I should probably just keep my mouth fucking shut. But man, like I was looking forward to some Michael Keaton Batman. Man, that was good times. Like 
I'm not saying he had to be the one Batman of like the DC universe and shit, but like, I hope they don't cut him all out. Flash. I hope there's, I hope there's stuff in there. I hope there's a lot of stuff. Here's here's the toy. Let me see. Go full screen. You did. Oh my god! Like God. For how big is that toy? Scale was weird. So it was like, is is Batman this big? Was Batman like a full eight incher? It he looks oh. like a a like a four inch Batman. Okay. What? Uh, who's making the toys? Um, gosh, I can't. I can't see. Uh, I don't know. It just says DC on it. I don't see the toy company. Um, Guardians so- three is next year. Also. Oh, oh. my god. Yes. Oh fuck. Uh, yeah, that's why. That's the one I got to stay alive for. Yeah. That's what's keeping my heart pumping. Still, I can't wait to see how he sticks the landing, man. Oh my god. Yes, that trailer. You know, the trailer they got out now is really great. But the trailer I saw at Comic Con was just fucking a religious experience, man. I can't wait to see what he's doing with that movie. Fuck yes, Guardians all day, as the kids say or used to. I don't know what they say anymore. Mm-hmm. Bars, as the kids used to say once. <laughs> and apparently the Marvels is also next year. I'm ready for that too. But but come on. Fucking god damn it, I want to see that fucking movie so badly. I want them all. Marvel's my fucking bag, man. I know people are like, you fucking they pay you. They literally do not. <laughs> I'm paid simply by enjoying the product they put out people are like you said product <laughs> here's my wish for 2023 that i don't have to pre-guess all the shit that people are going to give me for all the shit that i do and like um i'm uh fuck man that toy look cool Come on don't like leave michael keaton in that movie <laughs> Like, you don't leave Michael Keaton alone. <laughs> I've been looking forward to that movie for a long time, solely for the Michael Keaton aspect of it. So come on, man. Come on. Don't yuck a fella's yum. Um, you know what? Yeah. Can't do nothing about it. 2022 is almost done. You have any complaints? I love 2022 for the most part. Like the uh 2022 is a year of clerks three for me. Dream came true. It took a long time to get there, and I was very satisfied with all the results. How was your 2022? Um, fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was there was some there were some highs and there were some lows. I think as everybody's was. Um, you know, COVID being a particular low. Um, you know, but I fucking I got on Seth Meyers to talk about a comic book, so I will always take that That's as a win. That's right. I was looking through my mm-hmm. pictures the other day. I had these fucking gorgeous screenshots of you on Seth Meyers. And I remember that was cool. I, you know what? I enjoyed my Seth Meyers fucking parents this year, too. We were both on Seth Meyers, not together. And I thought we both killed. We did all right. I now have a goal for 2023. Yeah. Well, next time we'll all do it together. We'll go as a crew. Uh, 2022, kids. The year was not mid. 2023, hopefully that will be peak. 
Give me the peaks. All we want are the peaks, kids. Uh, there it is. From comic book store. From Jay and Silent Bob's secret stash right here in beautiful downtown Red Bank, New Jersey. Home of the comic book men TV show at one point. Well, not this actual location, but the other one. Uh, there it is. There's your fat man beyond. There's your fucking fat man beyond for 2022 you were looking for it here it was man a bunch of people joined us tonight it's like two thousand people watching. nice happy goddamn new year happy new year everybody uh make your new year's resolutions and try to stick to them kids uh remember you you made it to another year you know sometimes this year was sad sometimes this year was happy sometimes good things happen sometimes negative things happen but god damn it you made it all the way through Pour one out for all those cats who didn't make it the trip with us, man. The folks uh, we left behind in the human race. But the rest of us are still here, still standing, and heading into 2023. Uh, Smod bless us, everyone. Yeah, that's Keep right. smiling. It's Smod, for heaven's sake. Keep shining. No, and you, you will, will always burn on me. For that's sure. for sure. That's what friends are for. Uh, there it is, man. We don't have a show without the two individuals on the screen who aren't me. Banff man, he races like fucking Quicksilver <laughs> in the Marvel Cinematic Universe version of the character uh, to make sure the show happens for you and stuff. Give it up for Banff man. And then, of course, the other guy sitting in the Millennium Falcon will fuck. There ain't no show without him. Everyone give it up for Marvelous Mark Bernard and everybody. Thank you, Kev. So sweet. Peace on Earth. Uh, goodwill toward every fucking buddy. Uh, and uh, enjoy your New Year's safely, kids. Get home in one piece and shit. Party, but like, you know, don't fucking handle your fucking high, you know. Yes. Uh, there it is, kids, for 2022. From 2022, if you're watching this in the future, Hello from 2022, uh, the end of 2022. Uh, this has been Fat Man Beyond, man. I'm uh, Kevin Smith. And I'm Mark Bernard. Tune in next time. Same fat time. Same fat channels. Modcast.com or YouTube.com slash Kevin Smith. Let's give 2022 uh, ample Jeff's kiss. Mm -hmm. This has been a Smodco Internet Production. Sip only at smodcast.com. <laughs>